Warning, the following show features constructive opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. The views expressed are ours and may differ from views of any other entity. Accordingly, the Tim Zabriskie Show and the producers must insist that no one recreate or reenact any conversation or activity performed on the show. When you listen to the show, do you find yourself agreeing with the boys? Or do you think Tim is full of shit? Well, let them know how you really feel and participate in the live shows. Follow the Tim Zabriskie Show by searching at Timmy Zabriskie on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And fully interact by liking, commenting, and even calling into the hotline. Don't be afraid to make your voice heard. Share this This podcast. is as far as we got five minutes ago, Phil. All right, Enzo, let's do this. Enough with the shit talking. Enough with your shadow boxing at the at the gym. Ain't. You need to be practicing wrestling. Phil, have you seen right, this? Let's do this. How you want to do this? Not yet. I, I saw match? a You want a boxing match? What? What you want to do? Huh? What do you want to do? Shoot fight? How you want to do this? Let's do it. Any promotion who books this, whatever we raise, we'll put it to charity. Whatever charity the fans choose, that's what we put it on. That's the only way I'm going to do this match. That's so the only way, Phil. Charity. All right? Such a giving person it. he is. Look who it ain't. It's the bottom of the totem pole. The good girl, Tama Moana Tonga. Should the daughter of a village chief know not to wake at a rooster if you don't want to make her no eggs? I've been staring at the edge and I've wandered long as I can remember, never really knowing why. I wish I could be the perfect daughter, but I come back a loser, no matter how hard I try. Every L I take, every tweet I track, every path I make, every road leads back to a place I know where I cannot go, the WWE. The daughter of a village chief, you couldn't even get in the WWE, you village idiot? Bro, your father is like a forefather in the wrestling business. And you are like the foreskin of a gun that shoots blanks. Wow. Oh, the wow. beer club is D-E-D. Dead? I'd shit on Kenta. I'd WikiLeak on your brother. Neither one of them could hack it where I'm from. Ooh, that was a Donnie Marlobo. You okay, Camacho? Okay. Okay, you want to play games? Okay, I'm reloading. Kenta. I wrestled you one-on-one -on -one in Japan for the largest wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah. Not just in Japan, dumbass. You and your brother, Tama, look like doormen, okay? I ask you to take me to your leader. You take me to Kenta? All right, that's why precisely your mark-ass bitch, I wouldn't let wow. you or any of the boisterous marks on Twitter that account for 10% of an entire wrestling population of fans dictate the terms to a match between you and I. That dictatorship you are stuck in must got to your fucking head, all right? Trigger fingers turned to Twitter fingers for real. I mean, you recently tweeted about a compliance lecture you received from New Japan, and I quote, to be a good guy, to do good, to be good, to now be known as the good guy, Tama Tanga. Bro, are He's a you good guy. shitting me? He's a Can good guy. Pause for one second, hold that. Can you just imagine for one second another man trying to lecture me on the phone? Bro, yeah, I remember Monday nights. Okay, Vince, good luck. Hold my phone. Uh, dude, Tama, you are as smooth as a side street in Harlem. 
okay? You try and trap <laughs> me, put me in a corner, make me look like a bad guy. Dude, I'm on the corner, and I am the trap. And I ain't selling for you, oh, and gosh. I don't work for nobody. You and I both know I got off for 25 grand for this match, and I turned it down. Now you want to turn around and give the bag to charity? Well, touche, bro. If you Google real one, my face pops up. I'm the realest guy in a room, that and that ain't a work. It's a shoot. So, Josh Barnett, thank you so much for offering me your platform at Bloodsport. Maybe for a more worthy opponent. But we talking about practice. <laughs> we talking about practice. Uh, we talking about Tama Tampon Tango. I've been, I've if we're really going to do this thing for charity, I'm, okay, I'm, I looked up it won't real be on anyone's on platform. Page three of I'm my Google search. All right. And that's why I got booked at MSG, trending number one in the world over Bret Hart, the WWE Hall of Fame, oh, really? G1 Classic, Ring of Honor, you fucking bro. What are we talking about? March Madness, dude. I just called the venue directly that you're going to be at on oh, April okay. 2nd. Hey. They're going to give my brand a ring, a venue, nice, a referee, nice tickets. Okay. And any money I raise is going towards depression and suicide prevention. Oh, well, that's nice. But make no mistake about it. The biggest... Is he telling you something between the lines? ...is for Haku. Doing something that nobody else could do for him. Uh, and that's make one of his sons famous. You mock-ass bitch. How you doing? Let's get this I, I know there's a video that has Haku in it, but I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, man. We'll find that one. What's up, guys? Tim Zabriskie here, back at it again with the brand new vid. Uh, sorry this took so long, because <laughs> basically, um, every, once again, first uh, show of the season, and every single uh, technical difficulty that we could have thought of has happened, and it's been uh, pretty fantastic. Phil, I see you shaking your head yes already. It, I was, that. to both of us, like, each <laughs> of us had, like, a weird, yeah. like, I'm on a backup computer right now. Yeah, yeah. Tim's. I don't know. We, we're look at the. I mean, I, I know the screen is not on me yet, but I I couldn't find the bottle of wine I was going to grab, so I'm just drinking straight from the bottle of Irish cream. Well, Phil, um, let's get through the introduction. I'll show you what I'm drinking here too. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as w with me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the um, the the aristocrat, the uh, the colonel, the, the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Uh, wait a uh, why not? Uh, why no, not? Wait. No, that's WCW. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but you know he doesn't use that anymore, so you can have that. And once again, who we are talking about is the one, the only, Mister Phil Stamper. Phil, how do, what do you think of the new screen design and everything like that that we I'm, have set up here? I'm really digging this. I'm really digging this whole look. I, <laughs> our brains are already fried, and we probably have like an hour show that we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Phil. <laughs> this is gonna be amazingly fun, and we're probably gonna get progressively a little bit more tipsy. Yeah, because you know what? We don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, we do. Okay. Um, right. I was like, what planet are you on? <laughs> <laughs> All we do is work, Phil. And now I mean, you're to going to hear me by the end of this. This is going to be my regular accent. So no. there's, there might be a lot of this coming oh, my way. And I, and I did look up that video of well, Phil, cheers. Tama Tango. 
Cheers. Oh, the, cheers. Cheers, yeah. buddy. You looked at that video with the Tama Tonga and, and Haku. Apparently, I, I misread it because it came up so quick in my feed before. Uh-huh. It was um, they had a thing at last year's Bullet Club block party um, with what culture. So that was last year. So that oh, was OK. So I thought it was something recent. more recent. I like but it showed they... up in my feed. And I will say, like, to give to give some credit, um, you know, Enzo worked with MCW a few a uh, few months ago. Okay, he, he filled in for Cass because Cass was in was uh, seeking help for the problems he's been going through. Yeah, was this when he uh, was going through that whole shit where he was like, he was uh, yeah, and was like, and Enzo stepped up and filled in. He when he walked in the door, he said thank you. You know, he was he was very. From every interaction that I had with him that day, he was super professional. He did exactly what we asked of him on for the event. There was no issues, no qualms, no problems. Yeah. It, it was great. I heard the great. same thing. He did a he did a World of Hurt show up here, and I heard the same thing. Like he, he was mm-hmm. fine. He went to the hospital. He saw like a sick kid and things like that. You know, and everyone yeah, which is to, awesome. Yeah, like everyone seemed to really enjoy it and whatnot. Right. Um, but at the same time, let's look at this and think about how we're describing Enzo. And do you think that this is a work? Yes. Yeah? The whole thing? I mean, and again, I'm coming from that place that I believe nothing in wrestling. <laughs> I think the 25 grand was a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. But, you know, I mean, it, it, that's a steep amount of money. It, it is a bit steep. It is a bit steep. I mean, you're, this is, that's money, more money than... There's only, two, there's only three promotions, I think, that would, <laughs> that would give them 25,000. AEW is not one of them. Um, MLW is not one of them. Yeah, for for the one match, Bill. Right. You know, and 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 unless the Prince of Saudi Arabia is calling, I mean, I don't know if and and I hate to say it like this, just in the price structure of wrestling and how much wrestlers are asking for when they're not in the WWE, that is that is a, the most one of the most highest price tags I've ever heard. For a former WWE wrestler. And a guy and, that, that, unless you know wrestling, no one's really heard of, though. You know what I mean? Right. Not right. I, That's not a knock. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a great athlete and everything like that. But uh, he's everyone knows Enzo because he was on TV. You know what I right. mean? And I'm, and I'm talking from a, uh, a very um, upstate New York-like sort of, sort of mentality with that. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I know... I don't want to out anybody for, you know, things that are behind the scenes. But, you know, I know more I know people who are more recently off television who are asking for a quarter of that kind of price. Yeah. That, and 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 promoters are balking at that. So somebody who offered him twenty five thousand dollars, that just seems a little bit steep, especially when he also doesn't have the best press. And again, my interactions with him were very positive. But that public perception, the court of public opinion is very strong. I don't know. That just that just feels weird. Um, and, and to like, also then, oh, you're going to say, say something about it being for charity. Oh yeah. Now my yeah. events for charity. I'm like, okay. So he is running his own event. Cause I, I was walking away from that too. Like, yeah. So it's Enzo so he, saying he has his own event in Tampa the weekend of WrestleMania. And I've never heard of a, uh, I've never heard of a venue being like, oh, we already got a wrestling ring for you. <laughs> uh, have you ever been to a to a, an event, Phil, where the venue itself had a had a wrestling ring? You didn't bring it, but they R- had one there. Only if the company, like you know, had a school out of that building, ran that venue, you right? Know, like it was right. But that's not what he said. Place. That's not what he said. He said that he called the venue and they had a ring for him. 
<laughs> oh, I'll get you a ring. No problem. I mean, he probably meant very, the promotion very, just in that moment of, of cutting that promo. And again, which is why it leads to me to believe it is nothing. It is nothing but a work. Uh, yeah. But hey, but hey, it's entertaining. People are talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of work, Phil, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> this whole show has been nothing but a work so far. <laughs> Hi, Justin. How are you? Thanks for uh, for stopping by, hanging out with us today, um, and to the rest of you as well. Um, what we do here on the Tins of Risky Show, if you've never been here before, Phil, I see you laughing, all right? This whole second monitor thing, now I'm watching you at all the times now, okay? But, but um, what we do here is Phil and I, we go through all the wrestling pay-per-views, the upcoming ones. Hopefully soon I can finally get Phil to watch some NWA Power. That way we can discuss that too because that show is phenomenal. But but what we do is we go through all of the predictions we t- we and you know we make our predictions for each match on the card and then at the end we take all those points um, we use them on the show we do we we try to live tweet during the show whoever wins for the entire year um um is the, it gets to have the, the the rights to claim that they are the winner and the loser. They have to eat something nasty now, Phil. When we met a couple um, a couple weeks ago, we totally forgot because once again we were dealing with with technological bullshit. So we kind of and then started going off and off and on everything else. Um, we never actually did the bet. So Phil, you had texted me off camera and said, "I think it would be funny, Tim, if you if you ate something really nasty." And I just looked in my fridge really fast and Phil, you know what I found? I'm afraid to find out what you found. Phil, I found like some mustard, <laughs> and I feel like if I take a big squirt of mustard here right into the mouth, I think that that... that what w- kind of mustard? Honey. Like, it's honey mustard, Phil. I like honey mustard. You can't do something that, that people would like. That's not disgusting. Unless you're talking like it's two years past its expiration date. Phil, Is it two years past its expiration No, but I was going to put a big amount of honey mustard into my mouth. That's not good enough? We, we'll talk about it off air. Well, I so want, so I need I to put this back this, upstairs, is what you're saying. Do what? I need to put this back upstairs, is what you're saying. I mean, I thought that this was I thought that this was good. It was a nice. Do you it was, it was do you not like honey mustard? No, I do, but not like a a big squirt of it into the mouth. That's kind of what I was going for here, you know, like a big all right non healthy amount of honey mustard. Phil, I'm just trying to pay pay the piper which, here, which I appreciate. I do think. You know the eating thing, things is is weird and disgusting and like I I I can't literally do that because my stomach will probably explode. Right. But <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should like make you sweat it out until like the next time we until can, like, WrestleMania visit. is that what until we're WrestleMania. Doing? There you go. All That'll right. be our WrestleMania go home show. Will be you doing something ridiculous? Yeah, something absolutely crazy and everything like that. But um. Speaking of absolutely ridiculous and crazy, let's go into the pre-show, Phil. Segway. Wow. <laughs> what, what a tremendous segue. Phil, this is, you want to know why I'm also pissed about all what? this technical bullshit? Is that I had a full thing of ice here, and now there's no ice. There's just fucking whiskey. So now I got to just That's fair. man up and do it. I am going to call that for the pre-show, we're going to see Shorty G... Versus Seamus. 
Seamus just came back. Yes, he did. I thought that he was going to retire when we first started doing these shows, Phil. When we had our first little bit of technical difficulties, I thought that that's when Seamus was going to retire. But here he is, back at it again. What do you think of Seamus during his return, Phil? I mean, I'm not overly shocked. You know, he he does have a following. People do... I mean, people go back and forth on him, to be very honest. They're, they're, they love him in a moment. They're very lukewarm with him. They love him. They hate him. Um, I'm interested in seeing where they go with him. Um, and Shorty G is kind of on the uh, on the opposite side of that spectrum. Um, and it was weird because so many people were like, oh, we really don't like what you're doing with him. He became Shorty G. And then people were like, we love him. We really hate Shorty G. Um, like the concept of Shorty G. Uh, because they feel like he is capable of doing so much more. Why isn't he like another Daniel Bryan-esque guy? And instead, they, and it stayed, and instead, it's like they christened him with with John Cena's gimmick from 2004. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, who do you think you have going over? Uh, Sheamus. Sheamus. Okay. Yeah, I I was gonna go with Sheamus too. I think that it only makes sense. And the big takeaway that everybody needs to take from this whole conversation with Phil so far is that Shorty G is on the spectrum. So, <laughs> where did that come from? You need to li- you need you need to listen to this on Spotify later, Phil, and you will be able to hear, or on Apple or anything like that, and you'll be able to hear where you just totally said this. Shorty G is on the spectrum. So that's <laughs> not what I said. I mean, maybe because my speech is slurred, Timothy. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Am, am, am I slurring already at this point? I like how you're taking a swig off camera, Phil. Let's put the camera back on, <laughs> Phil, for that reason. Um, <laughs> but I've already had my drink, Tim. Yeah. I'm not the one putting disgusting things in my mouth. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sh- um, I'm going to go with Seamus, too. He's 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 hot. He's got the return. Um, now, everybody that's going to be in these these matches, except for any of the the um, the world champions, um, are going to be in the Royal Rumble themselves. Actually, uh, never mind, because obviously number one is. The one. But I digress. Um, we're going to go into that in the Royal Rumble. Oh, match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. OK, yeah. that's. So Took me a second. I was like, "What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But um, but yeah. So, what do you have? Uh, what 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 else do we got? Is there any another I'm pre-show gonna, match? I'm gonna say also for the pre-show is going to be Andrade versus Humberto for the United States Championship. Who is the champion right now? Because the title's kind of been flip flopping, hasn't it? I bel- uh, it is Andrade. Okay. Yeah. And um, who do you think is going over in this match? Um, this one confuses me a little bit because it feels like. My my remembering of this is that they have pushed this match a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. This uh sorry, I was going through and I was trying to catch up on reading some stuff. Um, I mean, this was on the TLC kickoff show where Humberto beated Andrade beated defeated Andrade. Um Andrade did win the championship from Mysterio at a WWE live event Madison Square Garden the day after Christmas. Um, he retained against Mysterio on the on the January 20th episode of Raw. Um, and then when Andrade continued to try to attack Mysterio, um, Humberto come, came out and challenged for the United States Championship. Um, I don't know. I, I like Humberto. Uh, I like both these guys. I think Andrade is a tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. Um Congratulations to Andrade on his engagement to Charlotte Flair, by the way. that's very nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. 
<laughs> that was just so sudden. Too. Yeah, yeah, they, they they were into it, but they weren't into it at the same time. They were doing it right. as a courtesy there. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not. No, <laughs> never mind. Um, I think it's gonna be Humberto. I think this will be wow. that happy moment. Wow. We say, yay, we like Humberto, and we're going to make everybody smile for a little bit. And they can do what the WWE has done in the past, and perhaps that clears up Andrade for something else. What is that something else? I don't know. God, God, I hope it's not to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, because nothing ever <laughs> happens with anybody who wins that. Um, yeah, but he's, he's, he's already banging Andre the Giant, am I right? Nah, she she was she used to be a good looking girl, but you know things happen. But <laughs> oh Damn. yeah, listen, I'm in a hot mood right now. All right, it took us three times to get this show started today. At least, at least, fuck. So Tim, who do you have, Andrade or Humberto? Um, I'm gonna have to go against you and go with Andrade on this because I think that um. Um, it doesn't make sense for them to put it on Humberto. Humber- Humberto is not over, and and this is one of the big four still. You know what I mean? And this is the we're on the the uh, the old road to WrestleMania. So so you know we got it. We got to keep keep it on somebody that that the fans are really behind. And Humberto is not that guy. Who do you guys think is gonna um gonna go over? Give us a call five one eight three five zero four three one two. Um, let us know who you guys have going over in this match, uh, and all of the other matches that we have going on in the show. So, or don't, or don't. Just leave your comments below. Leave your comments, yeah. and we will read them. Leave your if comments. you just have a simple like one word answer, that's all we need. Just that, put it there. That's all we need to continue going. All right. Um, so n- next up for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Bailey defending her championship against Lacey Evans. Hmm. Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Now, um, Bailey's still a heel, right at this point, correct? Yes. Okay. So, um, um, is there is there any signs of her going going face again? I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about her as a heel? How, this whole heel run and everything. I mean, I I like her. I like her better as a, as a heel. I don't know if she's really getting the best out of this run. Okay. Um, it feels it, it it's weird because we've gone from. This this situation where, you know, let's give more opportunities for women to be on the forefront, the women's revolution in the WWE. And then it became very, very crowded in the competition level. And and so it's like you have all these people and all these talents. And it was almost like Bailey's heel turn was more of a following of Sasha Banks and what she was doing. Right. So Bailey was kind of the the second in, in that, that path. So it feels I don't know if I really feel like she's gotten that genuine run. I have heard early rumblings that it'll be Bailey versus Sasha at WrestleMania. Um, but I'm like, well, that's interesting because in in sort of the relative short history of Bailey and Sasha um, sent, uh, being healed together, I should say, yeah. that that would seem very sudden that all of a sudden one of them would then turn again. Yeah, especially since all the work that Sasha has put in to being a heel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And, you know, with Bailey freshly being a heel, I don't think it makes sense to to really do that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't it doesn't really. Equate. Now they, they are saying that back on uh, January 17th, 
uh, Lacey was supposed to face Sasha Banks, but Sasha has a broken ankle um, mm. or an injured ankle. I don't know if it's broken. Uh, so Bailey filled in for her. Evans beat her on that January 17th episode, thus allowing um, or giving Evans the opportunity to fight for the championship at the Royal Rumble. And I hate those matches. I mean, yeah. it's just a weird because, personal thing. Because even the way that you're describing it is like, is her is her injury really legit? You know what I mean? Or, or is this a work at this point? Right. And I mean, I hate the I hate the matches where it's like, oh, it's the champion versus the challenger. And if the challenger beats, beats the champion, they get an opportunity to face the champion. I'm like, no, they beat the champion. They should be the champion. I I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a weird way out. Um, but it goes into the ego of some writers and some creative and some talent who were like, no, there has to be a reason I get beat not cleanly or if it's cleanly, like there, there's a justification for why it can't be for a thing. And I don't know. I just I feel like that's weird. I think there should have been another way around it that they just didn't get to. Um, you know I don't what, know. I, like, but I that, do think that whole thing that you just described to me just reminds me of that whole clusterfuck. When um when CM Punk left and then they had a tournament and then as soon as the tournament was over CM Punk came out and everything like that and like Rey Mysterio is involved I feel like Rey Mysterio almost had the title like real like for a hot flash and stuff like that that whole thing like it, like I get what you're saying and like even in retrospect let's go back to 1994 Phil like like let's look at uh like Razor getting the championship. You know what I mean? Because of Sean and everything right. like that. And then, and that whole schmaz and, and yeah, like, like they've always, this, this sort of booking and they, they did it with, um, I want to say Benoit too. And I don't, I don't think that I'm completely accurate on that too, during that whole time, even though we're not supposed to mention his name, but, um, but the whole thing is that you're at, I, I don't like that whole, that, that whole triangle of it. There's no reason why the champion should be losing to the challenger. If it's not for, for the belt, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm there. I'm there with you. Um, but now we have Royal Rumble, Bailey, the champion, Defending against Lacey Evans. Tim, who do you got? Who do I got going on in this whole little little match key here? Well, it's uh it's 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 interesting, Phil. I mean the the question is 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 who who's gonna be more over heading into WrestleMania? We have Bailey who's who's, you know, she's gonna be a lifer in this company. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see her going anywhere. At this point, she's kind of got them all like the four of them. They can do whatever the hell they want at this point. You know what I mean? The whole uh, horse women. But do they see the blonde as more of a uh, a media draw going into WrestleMania? That's where the question is for me, Phil. And Lacey is the fan favorite. She's former military. There's an easy way to sell that story. And it would be a great opening baby face pop for the beginning of the show. I'm going to go with Lacey Evans on this one, Phil. There you go. Because I'm disagreeing with you. Oh, whoa. Wow. You're going with Bailey. Going Bailey. What do you got with Bailey? What do I got with Bailey? I, just I mean, think, I, I mean, I just, I what, feel the explanation, her, Phil. That's what I, I meant. Feel, <laughs> I feel her being the champion. She's <sighs> like you said, she's kind of a lifer in the, for the WWE. I think, you know, she's built up this. Now she's built up where she is the champion. She's holding that championship, making that change, you know, just a couple months away from WrestleMania. This is really, to me, this Royal Rumble has always been the signature. This is the tale that we're telling 
to take it to the to WrestleMania. To the yes, big we're going to get something like Hell in a Cell or something between now and WrestleMania, you know, and probably something random special maybe. But there typically is this is the this is the moment that's defining everything that's going to happen for the next couple of months to right. go to WrestleMania. So for me, I think the easier story to tell is, hey, look at the person who's been here, whose face you know. Even if she's now bad when she was good before, you know Bailey. Bailey's going to retain the championship. Okay. Well, I, I'm happy that we can agree to disagree on this one. Um, once again, wrong, who do You're you guys wrong. think is going to go over? Give us a call, 518-350-4312. Phone lines are open, active, and ready to rock. Um, um, let us know who, who you guys got going on. Let your voices heard. Isn't that what the uh, the old tagline is? Um Phil, yeah, maybe, sure. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow! All right, Phil, what do we got next? Now for the Raw Women's Championship, we have Becky back Lynch. to back women, back to back women mm. because there is no tag, and the next two singles matches, I believe they would save for a little higher on the card okay. other than the mania match or the the royal rumble matches well why don't we uh break it up first and say do the the women's rumble right okay because they that. typically break up the rumbles they don't put the rumbles back to back that is true so all right let's do uh so so far announced unless for- you think that they're gonna pull some bullshit and have the men's rumble go early on the card and give it to the women and say that it's the women's time to shine i would hate that phil this yeah. is a staple. This is a staple of of the the Royal Rumble. Is that the men go last for that big fucking thing? Mm-hmm. Throwing that out there because I know that <laughs> some stupid bullshit like this is about to happen. So, uh, you know, this is. I mean, we are heading into Royal Rumble. Like the only event that's left for the WWE is Friday Night uh, SmackDown. Okay. So we've had WWE. We've had Raw. We've had NXT. There are no NXT matches. And there was even some commentary that there won't be any NXT talent featured inside either of the Royal Rumble matches. I don't, but I don't know how I feel about that because I've then I've heard, oh, this person is rumored who is. So who knows? But they've only announced five women so far for the women's Royal Rumble. We have Charlotte Flair, Sarah Logan, and Natalia all representing Raw, mm-hmm. and then Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross representing SmackDown. But they're also leaving it open for a lot of, you know. Um, Hall of the Famers. legends, yeah, yeah, and you know the. Uh, but there's definitely going to be NXT people. They're just not saying it so that you get the little pop. Like, uh, um, what's that little blonde girl's name from California? Um, Candice LeRae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she'll, she'll she'll do something sweet, you know, in the in the Rumble and stuff like that. She was in the last year, you know. So it's, it's there's definitely going to be NXT people in the. Maybe they're I'm not sure, I'm talking sure. about it, but. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm going to go completely on a out, out of left field and contradict what I've just said. I'm going to say the winner is Shana, uh, Shana Baszler. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think that Shane, Shane is great. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, I was going to go with uh what's that British, that, that British NXT star's name. Um, um, the one with the short hair. She was the she was the team captain on the one show, on the for the Survivor Series. Special. Oh, I'm gonna feel really bad. I cannot remember. You know who name. I'm talking about though? Um, Raya Ripley. 
Isn't that oh, what her Rhea, name is? Yeah, Rhea. Rhea, Rhea oh, Ripley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to go with her, but I'm with you. I'm going to go um, completely out of left field, too. And uh, shit, it was just at the top of my head. Um, uh, 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 no, I, I literally just had it, and then I was focused so hard on getting, getting her. Nikki Cross. No. Um, somebody not named yet? Somebody that has not been named yet. Uh wh- where where is it? I literally just had it. Um, oh, Ronda freaking Rousey. That's who I'm gonna go with. Wow. I'm gonna get my own wow on that one because it only makes sense, Phil. She- they they have been mentioning her a little bit more. Not like yeah. you know, big broad strokes story, but just like touch. She was touch. alive. That's what right. they're doing. You know, they're right. just kind of like this. This girl has been here before. <laughs> Do you remember? And when her? I beat Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, says Becky Lynch. Yeah. And when Charlotte Flair b- brings up, I was in the main event of WrestleMania last year with those two women. Like, yeah. they they keep bringing her up and teases. So, yeah. and they they showed something with her like in the background, and then they had a featurette on Ronda. I yeah, I feel. That, that's a good call, Tim. I'm not yeah. going to change my call. Don't change your I, call. I you feel can't. that that's a pretty strong call. <laughs> Who do you guys think is going to win the, uh, the the Women's Rumble here this Sunday on the WWE Network? Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I, Phil, you, you got to get yourself some reverb. Do you have any reverb over there? No, I don't. I'm not, and I'm not even going to touch anything technology right now other than... Sunday, just Sunday, Sunday. I, I didn't want to do your your gimmick, but you know, if you don't have... Reverb. Re- reverb. Um, yeah, no. Uh, who do you guys got? 518-350-4312. Leave it in the comments down below. Give us a call. You know, or keep it to yourself. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Damn, Tim. <laughs> Phil, uh, the show is actually running pretty smoothly right now. I don't know why. I couldn't get all the, the, the it, to, to break down like four well, or five times do, before. Do you want to risk it and take a commercial break and then we'll do the, the back half of the rumble? Uh, yeah, we could definitely take a commercial break. So uh, <laughs> stick around because we'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Can't finish the show in just one sitting? No problem. Listen to this in past episodes of the Tim Zabriskie Show on demand on all major podcasting networks, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. It's perfect for the ride home. It's time! It's time! It's made up!
you owned a DeLorean time machine that afforded you incredible access to amazing adventures, would you risk losing it all to attempt a speed record? Probably not, but I did. Join me and the mayor himself as we take you through the journey of building and then racing an infamously temperamental car, hoping to make it the fastest DeLorean in the world. Why don't you just tell the story? It's my brother. <laughs> Two? Then why tell the story? He's the one who sent the video that I put on Facebook that 7,000 people saw. All of that was a lie. I gotta put myself in danger? Babe, yeah. what shirt are you wearing? My Tim Zabriskie Show shirt. <laughs> I was just looking at that commercial and um, um, you know that one shot with like me and my wife and um, Zach and that blonde girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the blonde girl's no more. So so it, it's so awkward now. So I don't know. Like, wait, like she is no longer in the relationship yes, or yes. she no, is she's, she, No, she's still alive. She's still okay. Alive, but... I was like, what do you mean no more? Oh, God damn. Best part is that she paid uh, $10 for that shirt, Phil. $10. That's how much they're, they're going for these days. So, so if somebody That's awesome, else, Tim. Somebody else wants to get in that picture. We, I could, I could kind of, you know, edit, edit you in. Just got to spend 10 bucks to get the shirt, and then we'll, we'll, be, uh, wow. we'll, we'll be good to go in that regard. I did find the shirts, though, too, Phil. Yeah, they're in a bag. but <laughs> And to be fair, you know, you did just move. You had a huge move. Yeah, big move. You know, got this whole so little studio deal here. Right. Yeah. Nice. It's looking nicer and nicer every time I see it. Yeah. You know, I get. I found these um these other little foam things to go in, in between there. You know, but I can't afford it unless people buy the shirts. So I don't know like uh, how much more improvements I can do until people kind of hook me up. Um, phone lines are still open here. Five one eight three five zero four three one two. Just um um yeah. Call in. Let us know what you're thinking about the card. So Phil, um. Big a uh, big turnaround um, for for who we have so far, especially with that rumble. I don't know. I I feel very confident. So about my pick we, that I, I can rumble. caveat a little bit before we go back into the rumble stuff. If if you have a, if you'll give me some grace for a moment, Phil. Take so, I I am trying to get a little bit more information, and of course, you know, every story typically has a middle point. Um, so as we know, the Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, passed away. Oh yeah. Um. The Rock put out that it was due to a massive uh, heart failure um, and that, um, you know, many people in wrestling showed up for the funeral. And there were interesting statements that came out of the funeral saying that two 
people in, uh, in particularly <laughs> made not the best comments when asked to speak. Um, I will say so <laughs> as as we had the commercial break and I'm looking through to try to see if I can find, you know, did somebody sneak a video? Like, let me try to see what I can find. Um, I did find that that on um, on Hannibal TV, uh, Al Rosen, who was a friend of the family's, was there and he goes, you know, the the we they asked for people to speak. Vince did stand up. And so part of the story <laughs> seems to be legitimate, but I'll work to it. According to Al Rosen, the, 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 what came out of Vince was um, Rocky Johnson was a tremendous talent. He was a great talent. Right. Um, but I, but the best thing he ever did was marry his wife and bring his children into the world. And I think it was meant as a genuine, you know, more being more than a talent. He had a family. I, I really do from from the way Al Rosen is speaking about it. It makes it sound. I yeah. got a chance to listen to a little bit of it. It makes it sound as if you know it was a positive tone. Um, now, what I have not gotten to yet, and what I'm interested in hearing next, is what has been alleged about Pat Patterson, because <laughs> that's ba- the best one, and that's why I'm ba- laughing so hard right now. <laughs> basically, saying that Rocky Johnson was a son of a bitch, and and uh, no, but he didn't he start it that way. That's what do- the whole thing is. Yeah, from what I read, the guy starts it by saying. Um, Rocky Johnson, he was a great, incredible talent. Uh, um, and then all of a sudden, it turns into a racial tirade. And then they're just like, "Oh, he must be losing his mind." But it's it doesn't it doesn't yeah. it doesn't go together <laughs> because he's he's literally said the guy's name and said that he was a great talent and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like he he lost his shit about the same guy. No, I don't I don't believe that he's he's losing his mind. I just don't believe it. It's kind of kind of the way that right. it goes for me. So, Al Rosen, I did find now another statement. So Al Rosen did go on to say, "Did Pat use church language, uh, like if like if you and I were talking and said, God damn it, excuse my language, uh, you wouldn't think anything of it.' He's saying Rocky did this, God damn it, and yeah, we did that shit. But you don't know the preacher and the, but you know the preacher and the assistant preacher. People saying that he got pulled off stage. No, that's how stories get started. They turned the mic off. <laughs> um, <laughs> The guy sitting behind them turned the mic off, and Pat said another sentence and walked off. No MFs or anything. He was never disrespected. He said, God damn. Okay. The other part of that, though, too, from the original report, I don't know what that report says about Vince, is that Vince, as soon as he said whatever he said, he strutted Strut away. Said, yeah, he did the strut. <laughs> and the, the God damn it. <laughs> Just, and there, somebody made it sound like they were hammered, which, you know. Probably could have been the case. Right. Was there? There could have been a wake before, and you know. Yeah. You know. Speaking so. of which. So. Oh, cheers, cheers, my friend. Yes. So, so there's that whole side of it where it's just like, ah, oh, are you are you hammered right now? Right. <laughs> but Tim, we got a we got a Royal Rumble to talk about too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's go next up. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Oscar. Ooh, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. I really like this. I really like this combination. I have. I want to say that I am the originator. I was the one that started the whole. Um, we need to get behind Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is be gonna gonna become the whole thing. Nobody wanted to believe me. Nobody wanted to believe me. But Vince, uh, who's always had a microphone, um, in my house and a hidden camera, he's uh he definitely heard me out and he was like, you know what, the kids got it. Actually, he was more like, the kids got it. 
So, so you know, we, we, we gave her the title The Man. We gave, we put the strap on her. We had her beat the uh, the, the 2020 Women's Rumble champion, um, the winner of the, the Royal Rumble in 2020. That's what I meant to say there, Phil. Um, if you're going with my pick, you know, her and Sharshar. But um, how come nobody calls the girl Sharshar, Phil? Because her real name is charlotte i mean Sharshar is fucking fantastic right ha- right hashtag Sharshar, everybody please hashtag Sharshar. Uh, hashtag Sharshar. um and and i don't know <laughs> my brain is going baby Sharshar. <laughs> but here's the thing phil yes tim oscar oscar has been a machine up until every single big match that she's that she's had in the WWE. Not talking NXT because obviously they 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 did every Triple H did everything they could to to keep her strong. And then they went up there. They kept her pretty strong for a while. Then she lost to Sharshar at what WrestleMania was that? Like twenty thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but basically the whole thing is that um, we have two women that they've they've basically protected. Except you know Oscar, they have had her lose. At all of the big matches, um, yeah. like the big the big events and stuff like that, but at the same time, Philly, it's WrestleMania. We're coming up on a year of the man's run with this one belt. She did lose the other belt. That was bound to happen. No biggie. But this belt she's had for a year now. So, are they gonna keep it on her in the same regard that they did that with Asuka going to WrestleMania and have her lose there, or? Are they are they gonna have Oscar win here? That way, Becky could win it later at the Rumble. Yeah, there's kind of there's logic to both the things you're saying because there was something to to say about the chase for the championship, getting people into it. At the same time, she is the current reigning champion. Um, to give a little bit more history, uh, back at TLC, it was the Kabuki Warriors, both Oscar and Kerry Sane, uh, who defeated Becky Lynch and her partner at the time, Charlotte Flair, for the championship. And then in the following Raw, Becky went on to say that she has never beaten uh, Asuka one-on-one. Right. And so she wanted that opportunity. She's the one that made the, made the challenge to Asuka. She invited Asuka to face her for the championship. So um, I don't I, – I feel like if there is a match that will have shenanigans, it will be this match. That Carrie Zane gets involved, that there's some other thing that happens – so that way, when you go to WrestleMania, I feel that then you can make it. It'll be Oscar versus Becky again, Ooh. but then it'll be something bigger. Like it'll be a cage match, a women's lumberjack match. It'll be something else more than just, I mean, I shouldn't say just a singles match for the championship, but it'll be another element added is kind of how I'm feeling. So I'm going to say that Becky Lynch retains. Okay. Um, do you think that she's... She's going to retain by disqualification. Half point here. Uh, half point. Um, I don't know. That, see, that's harder. That's always harder to pick. I will say Carrie will get involved. She's going to get involved. But to me, I'm going to go half point. Um, half point Becky wins by disqualification, though. Because if she gets jumped by the two of them, you know what I mean? Referee sees it, blah, blah, blah. It instigates a feud. It keeps right. them going. It keeps them in, in, involved. So it makes sense to me to to for that that to happen. You know what I mean? 
it, but it, it, you know, it does lean into, you know, if if your prediction for the Royal Rumble is right, if it is Ronda Rousey, is Ronda versus Oscar the draw that you want as opposed to Ronda versus Becky? Or do they do something where at the next pay-per-view before WrestleMania, Oscar loses it to Becky so then Ronda can face Becky? But the thing is, though, Phil, is that there's two championships. Yes, there is. So you, so Ronda can pick whoever the hell she wants, you know? I mean, that's true, but is the cell, would the cell be, you know, whoever wins the SmackDown championship, Lacey or Bailey? I'm just letting you know what, uh, what, what Justin's saying here, too. All right. I <laughs> mean, making it that Justin, big. I appreciate you, and you can disrespect <laughs> me all you want, but I'm saying I'm right. And it's going to be Becky Lynch, <sighs> final answer. Justin, right, right in the comments, uh, why you feel that Oscar's going to win? If that's so, what, Tim, if that's what you're thinking. Are you saying that Becky's going to win? I think that Becky's going to win, but I think that they're going to keep Oscar looking strong. You know what I mean? And it, the only way that yeah. they were going to do it is in the disqualification. So I'm going to take that half point bet. I'm going to say that there's going to be a disqualification. It's only going to infuriate the man. We're going to get 17 more promos out of the man, and then um, and then we're going to see what happens at uh. WrestleMania. Who do you guys have? Give us a call. 518-350-4312. Phil, what do we we got next going on? What's a what it was? What What do we got next going on here, Phil? uh... We have Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. The following show features deceptive opinions performed either by... What'd you do, Tim? You know what I did? I accidentally switched the buttons on on the little control here, and then I I hit... All right. I my mistake. (laughs) I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. We've had another software (laughs) failure. Oh, God. We've stopped the show. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Shayna versus Becky at WrestleMania. Which which now they've made a huge change to the NXT Women's Championship. They're no longer calling it the Women's Championship. What it is just it? it is just the NXT Championship. So both the what? lead both the lead titles for the men and the women are each individually called the NXT Championship. Cuz that's not confusing. Who came up with that bullshit? Apparently, Triple H talked about it in a, I think it was a press conference. What did or he media. say? Just exactly that. That just. I've got an idea. That that both of them um, carry the weight of the, uh, of NXT behind them. They carry that championship, and it is the representative championship. Champions, uh, but we're not going to include gender. Uh, uh. <laughs> um. It's and a I, man I hear, and a woman in a trans. Uh, <laughs> and that's why and he's doing. This is his way of getting back at uh, Naya or Nyla, Nyla, right? Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because when Nyla comes over, they're gonna be like, "Oh, she's an NXT champion." <laughs> we don't. We don't touch genders here. Right. Um. And and well, speaking of championship too, uh, they have also now rebranded the WWE Cruiserweight Championship as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, though it still has its own independent event, 205 Live. The NXT UK Championship is still the NXT UK Championship um, because people have already said, well, wait a minute. If you're saying all these things, how does all of this make logistical sense? Because why doesn't the UK Championship have as much standing as the NXT Championship? 
so like there there have been some of those rumblings of like you're muddying the water too much. Um, I'm still waiting for more announcements about the other other NXT branches that have been rumored in India and Japan and China. Um, and are they going to launch those? Because that's been at least a year in conversation. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and he's the one that said it, so I'm sure that it's happening. But I don't think that, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm taking the uh, the other side of it too because I'm right there with you. It's like where's all this stuff that you're talking about there? But right. at the same time, it's like they you know they do have a they do have a little bit of a performance center out there in um in the UK, oh. right? It's not as great as the one down in Florida, but they do have like a little training facility called the the uh, NXT UK Performance Center. Right. So maybe they're trying to logistically get all of that set up too. And, um, you know, with my whole job, like we, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of remodeling and like a lot of new branches and stuff like that. And that shit doesn't, it's not a fast, um, it's not a fast turnaround. You know what I mean? And especially when you're not there, you know what I mean? Right. So think about that. Like in, in, in China, I know that they have like a, a global office there in China you know they have them everywhere and stuff like that too but yeah but even so like you know it's probably pretty hard for him and and their team to to open up those things so logistically i'm sure it's coming they um just you know we're we're we as a society are like why is it why isn't this happening right now you know what i mean so it's very very true very so true. you know there's that that there's that whole part of it um but yeah as far as the championships and the titling and stuff like that i really don't like that it's the the NXT and then the NXT women's championship. I understand the concept of it because they're both, everything's equal now and, and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, why are we, um, why there's gotta be a separation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it, you can't, how confusing is that? What, what are we going to do when Adam Cole and, and her, when they both show up at, at a press conference and they were like, Oh, it's the NXT champions. Your NXT champions. That doesn't yeah. make it. It doesn't, there's, you know, I, I you know, I, and I, I, you know, to some credit, I will say, you know, they're trying to raise that profile. I, I don't, and I, I'm going to go this far. I'll just say it. I really do think this is in response to Tessa Blanchard and not in the negative respect, but ah. in that, Oh, a woman is holding up the, world championship of a major international company how do we put a little bit more prestige on what our women are doing what if we make it very clear that this is equal footing with the men by you know calling it just that brand's champion you like it doesn't have to, to do be with tessa do what i'm sorry you think this has to do with tessa really where do we... I, I really do i just feel like this is a response uh, because even though there's been some negativity, there's also been a lot of positivity around the fact that a woman is now holding the representative championship for the company. That is not that, that does not have the word women in front of it. Um, so I, I do feel it. I mean, the WWE <laughs> is is more savvy just, in the ways of entertaining than than I think many of us really pay attention to. Um, uh, Justin is saying intergender matches in the WWE are confirmed, you know, and last year though, when we had Nia Jax jump in the men's battle Royal or excuse me, Royal rumble, there was negative. There was some negativity to that too. They tried it and it they got some blowback and they kind of reeled back off it, but they did do like intergender tag matches. So that's been a thing a lot more prominent yeah. in the course of the last year with WWE when every other company 
is is kind of doing it right now all the way up to the WWE. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is just an opportunity to go, hey, we're trying something a little bit different, maybe a culture change um, to showcase that we are really, truly representing women in a better light than what we have before. I'm I'm OK with it. I really am. I don't think it's going to be that complicated when you see a woman walk out and call her the NXT champion and a man walk out and call him the NXT champion. I don't think people would be misunderstanding that, oh, they have the representative championship for their gender. Right, but, okay. Here we go, Phil. Today, Today's episode is brought to you by the letter A for agree to disagree. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it is, so, what, it is the way let, it is. I, we've gotten so we've gone this way. We tangent. If you haven't watched our show before, this is the first time. We we do this a little bit. We go over here, then we come back. It's totally fine. Uh, but that's we, the, that's what makes this fun because we don't do this enough. You know what right. I mean? Like that if, is true. If we offset this with another episode where we did go off on tangents and stuff like that, we then, make this special, Tim. Yeah, but no, we you know we try to we try to impact you all with with. With one Pun show intended. with a lot of technical difficulties, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you get you get the best of both the world. Justin, if you're if you're new to the channel, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And uh, yeah, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us so far. Phil, what do we got next? So uh, we never really resolved our conversation. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. <laughs> well, well, how did we go from the women to I the? I don't remember. <laughs> um, but Roman Reigns versus King Corbin falls count anywhere. This this I mean this feud has now lasted for a little bit. They have some steam finally, uh, a lot more behind it because they've just yeah they've just had it there. It's been bulldozing us. Um, King Corbin won their last singles encounter. Um, Roman Reigns has attacked Corbin. Corbin has attacked Reigns. Um, Reigns won a match where he got the opportunity to pick a stipulation for their match at the Royal Rumble. So this Reigns picked a false count anywhere match. so I'm kind of going Roman because he's the one who picked this match. I feel if you want some steam going into WrestleMania, he's the guy to bring it. Versus Corbin. Yeah, I think that this is the, you know, as you're saying, this is this feud has been, has been going on for a very long time. I think that this is going to be a very good one in order for them to kind of blow this off, go the separate ways going into Mania. So it only makes sense to me also that Roman's got to go over because, you know, He's kind of is is he still the face of the company? Are we still giving him that title? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's it, yeah, it's one of those deals where where he he is in 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 a respect of the new John Cena. He is not necessarily the singular face, but he is. They can pull him out and be like, "This is our guy." Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to do a Vince voice, but that at the same time, at the same time. It really would help Baron going into WrestleMania. And Baron's been, you know, he's he's been a player. So it makes sense that maybe if I want this to blow off and I want it to be I want it I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against you. I'm gonna go Baron on this one. All right. Okay. I think that uh I think that we need to give it to him because the whole thing is that, you know, he's um we, we gotta move on. And, you know, he, he's He's got tights now. He doesn't look like he fucking works at Applebee's anymore. And it, <laughs> and it just makes sense. Phil, you look exhausted right now. Are you tired? You're falling asleep? I'm a little tired, but we're good. We we're have good. two more matches left to we go. We have two and more I'm, matches? We're going to tangent a lot more. <laughs> I waited until the camera was off, but just to like, okay, I need a breather. Uh, <laughs> Let me just close my eyes. I know. I know. And I'm all like amped up right now, too. Um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Baron Corbin. Blow off. This is going to... Um, 
get them to separate finally and 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 go into uh their their mania programs. All right, Phil, what do, what do we got going on next? Um, next we have Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan, and this is going to be for the WWE um yeah Universal Championship in a strap match championship currently held by Bray Wyatt. You know, they really missed the opportunity with Daniel Bryan to to do like a hair versus hair match or have like Bray Wyatt like burn his hair off or anything like that. However, how much did that man like uh his age went down as soon <laughs> as he cut his hair? I was like, "Holy shit. It's uh it's it's 2007 Brian Brian Danielson. Danielson. Yeah. There right. he is. Yeah. Um yeah, Phil. Let's from where how have we gotten here so far? Ever since that whole thing with the Miz, where the Miz was like, "Oh, um, you got to do this for our children." You remember that whole promo that he got? he was just like, "You got to you got to do this for our kids, Daniel." And, and the Miz and he told the Miz, "Get the fuck out of my locker room." Do you remember that? Right, yeah. right. Um, Wait. Speaking of Daniel Bryan, though, I'm going to interrupt you too. Did you read that article with Jerry Lawler today? Did you did you read this one? No, I didn't. <laughs> so Daniel Bryan is walking backstage, sees Jerry Lawler, and he goes, "Hey, can you? Uh, do you think that you could um, cut a, uh, you know, maybe give a little seminar for the newer guys? Let let them rent them in, you know, kind of pass on the torch, like you know what anything that you've learned, <laughs> everything like that." And Jerry Lawler was like, "No." <laughs> he was like, "I'm not gonna fucking teach these kids shit." <laughs> so, so and Bryan was like, "Oh, okay." All right, I found it. King King, I want to ask you something. I said, what? He said, you were kind of bantering around the idea. We were kind of bantering on the idea that you could hold a little seminar with all the guys and pass your knowledge of your of your trick, your knowledge of the tricks of the trade along with the guys. There's nobody left left that throws the fire. There's nobody left that does a lot of the things that you did throughout your career. We all thought it'd be great if you could just get all the young guys together and kind of pass along some of these secrets that you used throughout your yeah. career. Lawler said that he declined. Um <laughs> Um, and and then he goes on to like nobody ever sat me down and said here's how you throw a punch or something like that everything I picked up I just did by watching and trying to emulate the people I liked I just remembered me when I was a fan and growing up and everything the guy who I thought threw the best punch was Jackie Fargo he was my hero I tried to throw punches like Jackie Fargo I just want I I was just watching on YouTube the other day a match between Jackie and I and I thought golly that's where I got it so you know he's he is saying like no fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, and i don't know i don't i don't t- t- say it as a fucking you know uh, and at the same time like where did that come from where was what was the impetus you know i i reading it's different than hearing the tone of it you know did he take it as a joke was it really a serious thing was it a you know no i'm not gonna do that to the boys who are here and they should you know be at that level now to like yeah get, i agree you with know, that too. I, so i don't under- so I don't know the context, but it but it was in response to a question of if he'd ever been asked to go to the performance center to be a coach or a guest coach. Um, that it was Daniel Bryan saying, "Hey, you should show some of the guys who are currently here some of this stuff um, or talk about it." So, but he's it, right though. And at the same time, like um, even when I was like training when I first started out, like you would show up because you would watch tape of other people and then want to do what they were doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Uh, and there's two rules of thumb with that whole thing because, you know, some people would make the argument. It's like, oh, we're all di- like the super kick thing. And um, yeah. you know what I mean? And and what else? Like everyone liked the super kick. So everyone started doing the super kick. And um, you, you know what I mean? It's it's that whole thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another move where everyone was doing it, too. But 
But the super kick really just stands out. You know what I mean? I mean, right now, it, it's so weird because, yeah, there are certainly sometimes when I watch an event, I'm like, okay, there's super kick number 405. Right. There's a uh, uh, weird kick to the side back of the head that's not quite an enzigiri. Um, that number 127 and, oh, look, stunner number four. But then you get like, oh, three people did the springboard off the middle or bottom rope backpack stunner. Oh, now you got five people who just did the same exact spot out of the corner. Like I'm seeing these weird patterns and I'm like, okay, one of you saw this somewhere and then the rest of you picked it up. Like right. when, when, um, like I everyone, say- everyone was doing a moonsault, let's say on a show, you know what I mean? Everyone was yeah. hitting, that, hitting that at the same time. It's the same deal. Yeah. Right. When like three people, I think it was last year. I know I called it out on this show where it was like Will Ospreay was doing the thing where he would put somebody in the corner, tuck their head in against the turnbuckle. So they were like balled up and then super kick them. Yeah. And then like I see the Usos doing it. I see it on NXT. I see it on another person during that paper. You did it. And I'm like, oh, you guys are watching Will, Will Ospreay. The other one, too, for for me is the Canadian Destroyer where everyone's, yeah. just, everyone's just fucking hitting the Canadian Destroyer all the time. But. But yeah, so I think that with Jerry saying what he's saying, he's like, he's like, what am I going to teach everyone how to throw a punch so that we watch Raw and then everybody's throwing the same punch? And that's a fair. If that was what he was saying, you know, he didn't go into much detail about the reasoning why he said no, just that he did say no. Um, but again, we've tangented. Hi, we've Chris. got off our main point, Tim. Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan, Tim. <laughs> and the well, that makes me think of uh, when I think of Daniel Bryan, I think of the snapmare to the kick to the back. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite move, but everyone was doing it, you know? Right. That, that's the whole yes I kicks. Mean, I, I remember Loki doing it first. Yeah. I remember and, him and, like paralyzing people, too, when he was doing it right. as well. You know? Was it Key wow. or was it Quack? I was like, was it Key or was it Quack? But they worked each other so much in their young career. Um, well, Key was young. Quack was, by that point, like, in. Um, so I'm trying to think, like, who did that? But anyway, Yeah. I mean, so everything kind of comes from somewhere. And I even see, saw somebody post today about something like, um, hey, I saw you do this move. Did you steal this from me? Yeah, I totally stole this from you. It's like, that's okay. Um, I haven't used it in 10 so years. So then why do you like, fucking bring I, it up then? Right. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, I know. Is it okay if I borrow it? He's like, well, I actually borrowed it from somebody that I watched 25 years ago. So, you know, that n- everything is coming from somewhere else yeah. or somebody else. Yeah. And I mean, until you get those random moments of just seeing that some, something that's so spectacular. Um, wow, I really am w- trying to avoid the tangent that's coming in my brain about people and talent and making fun of the spot stuff and and just you know, I I do think high flying stuff and and more the the people who do amazing aerial work belong in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just as much or as more than anybody else. But like, I mean, to give the historical context, there was a time when the when the NWA in the day was like, it's stupid that you go off the top rope because you're basically, you know, you've stopped the action to climb up the ropes. Why isn't this guy getting up to kick your ass? I'm also thinking now, too, of like there's a shoot that um, that Brian Myers did. Um, Kurt Hawkins, I don't know why I just called him by his shoot name there for no reason, but he also is, he talks about how there was one point in time where too many guys were going to the second rope and putting their arms up. So, so it was, so then they, they said that nobody else could do it except for Randy Orton. You know what I mean? But it's right. it goes along with everything that we're saying here too. You know what I mean? It, could, could, could you imagine going to an indie show and not seeing anybody go to the top rope though? At this point, in 2020, you know what I mean? Right. 
But I mean, even on independent shows, like there should be a little bit of. I mean, we've both been to a number of independent events and worked right. on them and have heard how locker room meetings go. And, you know, if you could even get to a position where you can watch the event at all. Um, so, you know, it is hard sometimes to see what other people are doing before you in that respect. But but even just like. I don't know, just like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with the soup. No, like the second, like uh, super kick, uh, super kick Enzigiri or stunner or canadian destroyer into your vocabulary yeah just move, just move past it like just skip over it and do something else like i have a personal pet peeve of when there's a when there's a moment for a rest hold everybody goes for a chin lock or, or a rear chin lock and i'm like no there's like I'm, I'm, yeah there, there's seventy five thousand other things that you could do in that right. like specific moment and you're right you're gonna do the same thing you know so I mean, and even from the ring announcing perspective, uh, uh, for a uh, charity event over the summer, I did ring announcing for an event, and everybody except one person came out to the. I have twenty five nicknames. Please read them off for me. Ah, and I'm, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And like, I know at one point I was like, "Listen, everybody else has literally done this to tonight. No, like this is silly." They're like, "Well, this is what I want. This is my regular entrance," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure." I'm sure it is. Yeah, in in your bedroom by yourself <laughs> when you're right. practicing your entrance. All right. Right. We've all been there. It's fine. But but at the same time, uh, I'm also thinking now, 2007, 2008, everyone was doing a code breaker or a backstabber all at the same time. Yeah. So it just goes through it goes through weird cycles. And I think where you tangented off on this was the fact that Daniel Bryan was one of those guys that a lot of people were borrowing stuff from yes. liberally. Yes. Um, and you did a fantastic way segue of bringing that back into the actual conversation. See? You know what? I'm very I'm very impressed. Let's give him a round of applause for that right there. <laughs> it's like I'm a president or something. Yeah, of wrestling. Or, and this or, show know, is so meta right now that it's fucking fantastic. Right. That's, it's, that's it's, what I like. it's like I have broadcast experience in the world of professional wrestling. Yes. And yes. not just the guy down the street that you hired for five bucks. <laughs> but we digress. Cheers. <laughs> Gonna, I was gonna do like bottle drop, but I, with my luck, I'd spill it over the laptop the way my our luck's been going. Can you believe so, that no indie fed yet has been like, oh, let's get these two fuckers to 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 call one of our matches? How is this oh, not you, a you thing? You and I, yes. Well, let's face it. We. Oh, okay. We're ta- this is a total. We're going off the rail. I don't care. Um, this is our this is our show. We we. What I am seeing in the world of independent wrestling is that now there are there are not territories. I'm not going to call them territories, but there are there's always been bubbles. Like when I went to college where I was physically at, um, I went to a school called Frostburg State University. It's in western Maryland. It's in the mountains. And I was not in nobody traveled from Maryland to West Virginia or Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh guys didn't come down. The West Virginia guys didn't come up. And so there was like the circle of folks that did West Virginia, the circle that did like Pittsburgh and Ohio, the circle that did Philly, New Jersey, the circle that did central Pennsylvania, and the circle that did Maryland. And sometimes they'd go up to Philly. But it's like you had these locked in weird circles and nobody would cross. And I'm like, guys, I want to be like everywhere. And I yeah. did. And I found a way to get there. Um, and it was like, why aren't you guys doing this? And it, it just it floors me sometimes when people don't even to this day with especially how connected the world is because they think, oh, my next stop's WWE. And it's like you, you kind of got to work to get there. Um, but what I am seeing is this rebuilding of not quite the same bubbles, but that 
promotions liking what another promotion is doing and kind of rebooking all of the same guys, but just for them. Um, And so, like, I see, uh, like, Black Label Pro, Action Wrestling, um, Crux, um, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Scenic City, Subgraps. Um, they're booking like all the same talent. Primetime Pro primarily is booking mostly the same talent, but they're not in like the same geographic region. Okay, so you, so let give me out of the people that you just named them, like like for a geographic region. I'm trying to figure. The, I, I don't know these fits. So this is like Illinois. I guess you could sort of say it's in. You know, you could follow it on a map. Like it's Illinois down to Tennessee through Tennessee up to DC. Like it's like a little bit of a big giant J. Okay. Um, well, an opposite letter J. <laughs> um, but it's not the same group of people that are going to each one of the shows, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that. It's not particular- like in Boston where you have like like chaotic and then top rope that are right next to each other, sort of deal, right? You know, and, what I mean? and with Rhode know, Island, with you know, with JT Dunn basically running, working all those shows. You know what I mean? Right. It's not. And and even to that perspective too, like. It's interesting to see like that group's happening because there's still other events that are happening, but a lot of those guys aren't working at those other events. Right. And it's making them a little bit like, oh, it's interesting to see them because they're not the regular folks we're seeing. Where I go to – I look at Jersey sometimes and you know, a lot of that's dominated by the same guys who are on events 10 miles apart from each other and one event's charging $40, one event's charging $10, one event's charging 20 And it's like, well, what makes it special to now see you because you're, you've populated your own market? And yes, nobody's paying you the amount you, quote, deserve and the amount, you know, to make it so you would only stay with one place. But at some point, you're, you're having sort of a, a loss of attrition because now so many people can see you in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you a little bit more focused? Um, so I am starting to see like this rebuilding of not quite a geographic territory, but almost promotional territories that – the same grouping of people are following almost the same footprint um, as a pathway for booking talent. Um, and, and in some respect, I think that's great. I think that's good because then you do have that path. You could, if you coordinated it well enough between all those promotions who are basically using all the same people, because if they're using all the same people and they're like, hey, I want to run an event this day and I can't because this other company's running who basically use all the same talent, like, oh, we have to rethink this this logic. Um and so, what, like, what are you? you know, what are your thoughts, though, on you know, feds in the same area using the same talent in that same sort of regard, though? Because I hate it. I absolutely hate it because it doesn't really differentiate right. any of that, um, and it I, gets I, confusing for for Billy that came and saw you last week at the the show here, yeah. and then coming here and seeing it completely. Well, like, like, because a lot of the times it's like you're teaming up with the people that you don't that you're not liking on another show. And that's, you know, there's a continuity error there. Right. Well, and, and even, you know, in the land of the Internet, it gets interesting. Like, case in point, I, I am an authority figure at MCW Pro Wrestling that is primarily housed out of Maryland. Okay. And, and then I go to Wrestling Revolver that's in Iowa. And though the same physical crowd isn't traveling between those two locations, um, they're following online. Right. And so some of them are like, well, what is it, you know, the, I get MCW folks who ask me, like, I see what you're doing with, with Sammy and with Revolver, and that's really cool and interesting. Like, but why are you such a jerk? Why, do you, why don't you like Sammy? What's going on there? And it's like, well, it's about Sammy. You know, I try to focus it on. Hey, it's a work, you fucker. <laughs> I still keep an element of k Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's funny because I was at, this is now, I don't know, five years ago. 
And wow. you know, the place that you might think would suspend the most disbelief. I was at CZW and a fan came up to me and they're like, you know, I, I get it with what's happening in the ring. I get it. I get, you know, what I'm watching and how it is or isn't happening. Yeah. But I know the drama is real that these two people really don't like each other in the back. And that's why they got booked this way. And I'm like, uh, OK, I'll go with it. <laughs> and so in my brain, I've kind of stuck with that. Like if, if I'm wrestling a match, it's because of that guy. You know, it's that other person. It's not because I am just a jerk. Maybe I am. <laughs> it's not just because, oh, look at me. I'm a nice guy who will work with you. Maybe mm-hmm. I am. Why can't it be both? Um, so, you know, I've, I've you walk that line as a talent. Now, I do feel again, like I said, I feel it diminishes the return on your reputation, not reputation. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but why it makes it special for you to be seen if you're working all these places that are right next door to each other. Um, and and well, it's, that's it's, there's 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 two ways to look at it in a logical sense where because um, you probably live in that area and, mm-hmm. you know, if you're only going to get paid 50, 60, 100 bucks, right? And you're right. traveling so far away, you're, you know, you're making more coming coming in on that day. So, you know, Chris uh, Chris Park just asked the question, what about cross-storytelling if the same people are on shows? Be- in, well, in then that would, that would just be one fed that's running all these different towns. And that's, right. that's not what's happening here, <laughs> you know? And the way I kind of look at it, it's... Chris, the short answer to that is that there's a lot of fucking egos that, that, yeah. that come into play. It is really leadership hard for of these shows, you know. It is really hard for promotions to even want to entertain the thought of <coughs> carrying over the same story between events, even if they use the same exact people, because it, to them, this is the universe that they are creating. This is the talent that they are using. Um, you know, for example, I'll, I'll use this example, and I know there's another story attached to this too. Um, Stephen Amell, who is was Arrow for eight years, who has just left Arrow. He's about to start a brand new television show called Heels, which is about the world of professional wrestling. But I know people who've already said, I hope they bring actors from the Arrow show onto Heels so we can see them again. And I'm like, well, they're not going to be the same character. It's not like you're going to get Felicity, his love interest, on Arrow to come back and be the love interest of of his new character on heels like that doesn't make a storyline sense per se but if they did bring her in just as a special like one-off special guest kind of thing yeah it'd be cool you'd get that little bit of a pop but it, you're not going to see them in the same light it's going to be something different but what do you in the same regard though like take a look at like jonah hill and and that whole crew is seth rogan and all those guys mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm. the same it's the same core group of guys playing different roles in every single film and everything like that right and there's some guys you're going to get like when you see like uh, what um the other group I'm thinking of is like the Will Ferrell uh, Vince Vaughn what what do they call them not the uh Step Brothers? No, the the Frat Pack. Oh, uh, you, uh, you know what I'm saying instead of the Rat Pack it was the the Frat Pack it had like the Wilson Brothers in it. Um there that's the thing if you look it up yeah. online it's it's that whole group of actors. So so for me and um there there are some companies I work with that I'm like, "Oh, you're just creating like you're like I, I've been teasing the last couple of months and some of this was because I, I followed the DC shows and I knew they were doing crisis this year. And so I started to do hashtag I am the multiverse. Yeah, um, because it was kind of true. Like it was like I go pr- from promotion to promotion. And though a particular person might have the same persona, the way it's played out to that particular event is different. So it's like you're going from a pocket universe to a different pocket universe. Yeah. And and in that way, it's cool. It's a, just a different kind of storytelling 
Um, you know, like I look at a guy like a war horse who when you watch a war horse promo, when you see him wrestle, you're getting pretty much the same guy no matter where you're going. He might have a little slant when he's a bad guy versus a good guy. Um, but he really is at the core of it. He really is war horse where I think of some people when they are they go to one place and they are the bad guy. They're a totally different persona and compared to when they are a good guy at another place that it's it's like they are two different, completely tuned, different people. And and both are fine. I think both are OK. It depends on then really what the talent is bringing to, into the equation versus really what the promoters are, even if the promoters mm-hmm. like I want you to blah, blah, blah promoters don't have as much strength anymore when it comes to telling a talent like i want you to dress up like a transformer i didn't mean to call anybody if that was me calling out somebody i didn't mean to because i know who you're thinking of already i can see the smirk on your face um I hey, want you to come out there. <laughs> I, and i didn't mean that i really didn't i really really didn't um but like you know let's say you go to a promotion in ohio and they're like hey i have this kaiju costume you're gonna look like a transformer i want you to be this transformer you're not gonna do anything that you normally do um you're gonna be this persona be the best transformer you can be. Yeah. But then the, the next night, five miles away, you might be. I, I want to make up a. You're gonna be Harry Potter. And, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. You're gonna be Ace Ventura. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. You never, you never kind of know. And and I will say, like, I think I, I think I might have talked about this experience here. I got the chance to work on a kaiju big battle show a few months ago. Right. And I did commentary for it, and it was just, it was the most fun I've had on a wrestling event in such a long time. Because it was just a totally different concept. It was all wacky. You you weren't supposed to know who, like, if, if anybody was a, a, a wrestler who you knew from another place, you didn't know that because they were these characters. Yeah. Do- Dr. Cube has been, you know, 18 million different people, but you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen Dr. Cube. Uh, and so, like, it, it was just so cool and so fun. Um And, and you know, Chris is talking about, because I mentioned Sammy, you know, the Sammy you see on Impact has some of the same persona but it's tweaked differently when you see him at revolver and and people love him which is also weird because he's you know the top heel at, at impact and he's loved at the same time yeah. at impact so um, i think i think part of like part of the thing that you you kind of touched on very briefly in this whole thing about you know um the separation of, of everything is it's just the technology factor in it with the internet and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean look at look at what we're physically like physically literally doing right here. You know what I mean? This is something that we would never even have thought of doing ten years ago. You know what I mean? When I went to school to try to do this professionally and get get paid to do this and didn't right. work out. But like high the, bachelor's degree in mass oh, communication. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, hi, uh, broadcasting degree. Oh, fuck me. And <laughs> bachelor's as well. But right. at the same time, it's like, it's like the accessibility and the, and the ability to do, to do this. And, you know, wrestling companies are able to do it at the same time. It makes it so that kayfabe is even more dead and you know people people talk about that too but like it ruins that whole separation i mean when i when i started wrestling and stuff like that and and um you know there was that good separation between the shows here and the shows in vermont granted vermont is only like what like three not even three hours away like two hours away from here and and things like that but now it anybody can search anything online you know what I it mean? Is, it is so funny to me because you know when when 
you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated in its height, in its heyday when it was showing results from like every independent company and the WWE when they were on the road. And you would see like, oh, they did this road show here and it was all the same matches they did the next night and that road show there yeah. and the next night they did the road show here. And there's still some elements of that. And I mean, it's even actually leached over in the other way onto Raw. You're getting some of the same matches over and over um, that indie, like now it's almost like you can't get away with it as much because now it is everywhere. And it, it's funny because and, and this is no disrespect to the people I'm going to mention. And I'm not even going to mention names. I'm going to try not to mention names. But like the people that a lot of people are very hype about right now in independent wrestling in a year, are you still going to know them? Are you still going to be as hype about them? Um, because I've seen that, you know, and this is not me trying to call anybody out or make fun of anybody. This is not what it's about at all. It's it's really just about, you know, people have that hype machine and, and it's like we want to see these guys. And some aspect of it is, is it burnout? Like you've seen this guy so much in that same way, like he needs to do it. He or she needs to do that change. So then. When I see them the next time, oh, they're doing something different. Now they're kind of reinvigorated that coolness all over again. Um, or is it I'm getting the same thing that I saw a year ago? You know, what's the new thing? What can I get out of this? It, it's it's cool to see like how that develops for some people and how it when it doesn't develop for some people, it's also a little sad. It's like, you know, I want this to work out for this guy. Um, I had a very candid conversation with somebody the other day about like a guy who I thought by now would be absolutely signed. He's a young guy, looks like a million bucks, has the height, has the muscle. Like I was like, this guy is going to be signed. And then it's like, it's, it's like his buzz is slowly waning and that attention really, cause he's kind of doing the same stuff. It's like, you need to do something to reinvigorate yourself. And he feels like, well, no, I'm just hitting my stride at doing this. I'm comfortable right. enough in my own skin to be this guy. What do you mean I need to change to become this other thing? Yeah. And what is that thing? And is it going to work, that other thing? And, and then it's like, like we look at like Mercedes Martinez, who's been in the game for 17 years and yeah. just got signed like this week. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like it's it's such a mind fuck. The whole right. thing, you know what I mean? And and for some people it works, you know. The the honky tonk man, I, I heard this best said by like Coca Mana. The honky tonk man will always be honky tonk man, and you wish that you get a gimmick that is the honky tonk man yeah. that, that will ride you for the rest of your life that you can make money on for the rest of your life. At the same time, like, does it work in that same way anymore? Um, and you know, some of that is, is in context with the way that professional wrestling is. And I, I've you know I've said before on this show, you know, the WWE isn't wrestling on television it's a television show that sometimes features wrestling starring mcmahon's well to me to take that up at one more level professional wrestling was the first reality show people oh, yeah. watch it and go like this is really happening the drama i'm seeing is real yeah. and i'm like as much as we've heard about you know how they've how they script out parts of real world or maybe not per se script but like we take segments and we order the way it's been shot to we're telling a particular story that may not have happened the way that it really happened in real life. But we're telling this particular way it, it happened on television for, you, for us to trick you into the story. When you like watch Survivor, let's say, and it's like, wait a minute, they weren't wearing that same shirt in the last shot. And now it's night in this next shot. And now it's day again. and They're wearing a different shirt, but they're talking about the same topic of conversation. It's like. They've edited that stuff together to make you believe it in a certain way. And wrestling, I think, excelled at that first before the advent of reality shows. So people were so much more bought in then. That's why the Honky Tonk Man will always be the Honky Tonk Man. Right. And so, Phil, it's... I want to ask you a question that I don't sure, think sure, sure. that I, 
I've for all the years that I've known you, I, I don't think I've I've ever ever asked you this. What got, what what was what really got you into wrestling when you were younger? Well, it's it's weird. I remember very specifically. I don't. I was eight or nine years old, and my one of my younger brothers had turned on the television. It was like Saturday morning, and they flipped to a channel with wrestling, and there was a big red X over the screen because I think Demolition was getting beat up, and they were bleeding, and they were trying to censor the screen. And, like like and the, I was, uh, they're injured X over the over the head. Like a big red X, literally across the screen. Shit. And I remember as a again eight or nine years old, I was like. No, we shouldn't. And I, I was always a little bit too mature sometimes for my age. I was like, no, we are not watching this. My younger brothers are, my younger brothers are not watching this. This is ridiculous. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I kind of knew the deal with wrestling even then. And then when I became about 11 or 10 or 11, I, I got into it. I don't even know, like, what was necessarily the attraction or draw into it. it like, maybe it was, oh, Saturday night, nothing else is really on or it was on after something else. Like. Um, because I think like this is gonna be real, my weird memory. I I think like Star Trek was on at six on Saturday nights on the local syndicated channel, and then at seven oh five was on TBS was Saturday Night Main Event, and I think that actually hooked me. Um, and then it's like oh it's on Monday night too. Well I don't I'm really not a football guy. Oh right. but let me watch this instead. You know and I think that's how it kind of drew me in. Um, and there was that storytelling aspect and. I remember being a kid when I got home from school, ESPN Classic was showing um, uh, Global and USWA and World Class Championship Wrestling, and I really got hooked on that. I think that might have even hooked me more. Old stuff was getting me more than like WCW and WF at the time, but of course I aggregated to both of those programs as well, um, and they were different. They were just like to me, oh, I'm watching a different television show, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, so I don't know. Um, but I, I knew at a young age, like I wanted to be involved. Uh, I was a kid in middle school who wrote to the WWE and WCW and global at the time, um, saying like, why don't kids wrestle? There should be a kid's division for professional wrestling. <laughs> Little um, did we know about child label laws or anything like you that. You know, yeah, that, yeah. And, you know, the, the danger <laughs> of the risk of danger, um, that could have, that can happen in the, inside of a wrestling ring. Um, and I got no response from the WWE. I got two <laughs> letters back from WCW. That was half like, hey, you know, you should get trained. And typically training centers take you when you're 18. And then, oh, buy our book. And I never bought the book. I kind of regret not buying this book. But there was a book that they were trying to sell me. Hmm. Um, and then I got a phone call from whoever was the commissioner of Global Championship Wrestling at the time. I want to say it was a name like Marco Ruiz, but I don't think it was Marco Ruiz. Um but it, I, I got a phone call, and as a twelve-year-old kid, like that in my brain was like, "That's cool." Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and and you know, so I always knew, so I knew at an early age. Oh, there's this training thing. Oh, like okay. So like, as I got through high school and I wanted to do it, like I got to college and I was like, Ugh, I had to pay for college. I started working backstage for places because it was like I had to pay for college myself. And it wasn't until um, I was at a four-year school. And told you're 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 probably going to be dead in a couple of years because you have a precancerous thing, which then I didn't end up having. I was like, I'm going to training and get actually trained, right. um, because though I was working backstage, I used to I used to also compete in judo and Brazilian jiu jitsu, and Ooh, people were always that, like, yeah. Hey, Phil, you want to roll? You want to shoot? And I'd shoot with them, and then they're like, Hey, let's show you some pro wrestling stuff. So I kind of had that even going into my training, and then once I got trained, realized, Wow, I have a lot more to learn. Yeah, exactly. I mean. For me, like, because I don't think 
I, I honestly don't even think I ever talked to you about this, but you obviously know that, like, you know, my father had passed when I was really young and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, we had moved around a lot. So I, ne- I never really was around a bunch of kids to where they, like, because, you know, you learn really about, like, cartoons and, like, and like Marvel and things like that through other yeah. kids, you know what I mean? Like, and through, you know, watching TV and stuff like that. But none of that stuff really, like, I was into it. But then, like, I remember specifically just going to, like, like video store and, and seeing um, just, like, all the videotapes, all the VHS tapes just on the wall. And the first tape that I grabbed was uh, WrestleMania 8. And then, and then I, I was just hooked from there because the whole thing was that, like, as we're saying, and, like, all the different characters and everything like that, but these are real fucking people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's like it, it was totally different compared to watching a cartoon. And don't get me wrong. I still was watching cartoons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was a real thing. You know what and I mean? I, and I want to say as a kid, I, you know, somebody in school or maybe a neighbor kid, was, you know, was also into wrestling. So, you know, that helped me also gain that because then it was like, oh, I have something to talk about with somebody else. You know, um, oh, there was something you just said that was like, yeah, that, yeah, I agree with that. And now I can't remember what it was. But it, but it, but it also is like, like I, through my adult life, did be, start to become a fan of sports. Like I understand how sports work and I, and I understand like the rules of the game. And I do, and I have been to like, you know, a bunch of NFL games and, and, you know, I've been to hockey games and stuff like that. And it's all fun and everything like that. But like, like, I don't know if it's just some, some deep rooted, like, like going back to my childhood sort of like feeling that I get when I watch wrestling and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that you just learn to like, I just, I just love it so much. You know what I mean? Like, like I yeah. never learned and there's, and I, I know that there's certain people that, that know specifically stupid things about random football players. Like there's their shoe size and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like they know every single stat about their favorite football team and things like that. But I was never that guy. You know what I mean? Like i never really got into it like that. But then I, I turn around and it's like it's like oh I know um I know just random stupid facts about the honky tonk man you know what I mean like in stupid things that right. I've heard about him in shoot interviews because it's like it's just it's just you know that's right. just what you really get into and and because of the way wrestling is presented it's like is this really the person is this just an extension of their personality what's real what's not and even the psychology like I. I talk about this sometimes and I feel weird talking about it, but I'll just say it like I, I, I have a reasonably high IQ. I, you know, I and sometimes that has hurt me like because I know that I get too nudgy in my own brain. But I watch a lot about human behavior and I see patterns in human behavior. And, and so when I break down the psychology of a professional wrestler, and I don't mean like ring psychology. I mean like so you have a person who is trying to say, hey, you need to book me as a talent because I'm good. Right. Use me. And then you have to portray that persona when you get there and then you have to keep saying it over and over at some point you start going i am really that good even if you're really not because you've had to repeat it over and over and say it and try to show it so often to be like i am that guy and so then um uh oh i can't remember there's a phrase that talks about like are you really that person or do you feel like you're false or, or is it true and then it's like you know how much are you caught up into that hype 
of being that persona. Um, and I talked about Stephen Amell earlier, and, and one of the reasons he was sort of top of mind for me was because not that he thought like I'm fucking Green Arrow and I'm amazing, um, but kind of then the opposite perspective of when you drive a character for so long, you get burnout at times. You're like, I need to have a mental vacation of from this. Um, and and I do think of of I'm trying to remember what year it was. Let's say four about four and a half years ago. Um, I got to a point where I was like, I I had left. I was about to. I think I taken had taken a break from CZW and was like, I really don't have any other bookings right now. I had left a company I was working with in North Carolina as well. Um, I was like, this is. I just feel like I'm in a bad spot. Something's not right. My arm was already screwing up. Later to find out that it was my neck. Um, things just didn't feel good, and it was like. But so I was like, I need to take the step away. And then my brain went, I'm worthless. I I am a piece of crap because what's wrong with me that I can't get these other bookings? What's wrong with me that I'm not as good as I think I should be? What's wrong with me with dot, 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 dot? And it took like a good month for that to like work its way out of my system. And then all of a sudden, like when I started to turn my my face and go just like take that breath and figure out, you know, really just let it let life process, let life happen. And then come to find out I had another medical thing that I had to get taken care of. Um, it was like I was for a good m- month, month and a half. I didn't have anything wrestling. Um, and that's when I bought HWA, which was, you know, hey, um, but I did it because I was like, I don't have anything else in wrestling. Let me build something. And then all of a sudden I got booked by CCW wanted me back. MCW brought me in. Uh, it was being the general manager for a company up in Pennsylvania. Like there was all these things that I started to do. And it's like, oh, OK, I feel active again. I feel good. But I felt like I was in a good and much better place because I needed that step away. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, when I, why I brought up Stephen Amell is because he got a little bit of noise this week, not just because they did they're doing they did crisis and he's leaving Arrow and the, right. the, the show Arrow was ending. But he did uh, a podcast with Michael Rosenbaum and in the middle of the podcast, he has a panic attack. And to the point where, like, you 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 kind of hear, like, he's rambling. Like, there's something in his voice that isn't quite right. He stays on topic. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's not having a, you know, psych- psychotic break. It's not that or drunk or something like that. But you can tell that there's something not right. Yeah. And Michael Rosenbaum says it very politely. Like, you know, you look, you do look a little tired. You know, he's calling out little traits he's seeing. And then all of a sudden that panic attack hits. He's like he's sweating in the middle of the room and the room isn't necessarily that warm. He needs air. And he's like, I'm just going to stand up. And he's like, do you want you know what? We can stop. Like, do you just want a glass of water? We'll get you some Tylenol. He's like, you know what? I think I'm just I, you know, I'm really sick. I'm just going to go home. And he's like, you know, let me drive you. I don't feel like you're like I, I feel really bad right now. Let me take you home. I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk. And and like and, and then they come back and they, I'm listening now. I haven't heard the rest of it. Like the second half of the story he comes back. It's two weeks later. He's taken a vacation like he's gotten some, you know, time to rest and recover um, and not just being going, 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 going. And you hear it in his voice. The very first thing he sounds clear. You can just like hear him speak now. And he just talks about like they talk about like he walked home and Michael Rosemont like got in his own car and like drove after him to like are you know get in my car you're gonna be okay like let me let's get you help and that he was just like get away from me no like get away. Yeah. and and that he needed to kind of have that moment to go like i need to i'm taking that break like i'm taking that break i know i'm taking that break i really need to recover um because he was dealing with all of that like 
I was so busy for so long and I'm exhausted and I'm stressed and I haven't really had time to recover yet. And I, you know, now I want to be with my family, but oh God, my career in life, like, what am I doing? Like I've signed up now for this other TV show you know, do I have a break? And that he just needed to really recover and that he got some of that in. And so like we, we go through that. And so I, you know, when I look at some people and they're having that, and when I say this, like I, I, I've never met big cats in my life. I, I've never interacted with cats, for example, but like seeing that he's having some of the struggles that he's having, I'm like, I totally get it. I yeah, thousand percent get it. So, um, I'm going to be real with you for a minute. I, I, uh, I called a, um, um, and this is clearly because we're drinking too, but it's also like, <laughs> like, I was uh, just thinking that too. Like, would I say this if I was drinking? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I, um, I, I reached out to, uh, to talk to a therapist today. I haven't gotten a call back yet, but it, but it's the same fucking shit because, you know, you, obviously you see that you see me on Facebook. I literally am the kind of guy, Phil that will go from winning an award for being a top salesman in my company, right? Mm -hmm. To the next day having anxiety through the roof for no reason thinking that I'm getting fired. So, so, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this wasn't like, like, you know, I was asked to, to go do this or anything like that from, from like my wife or anything. It was more just like, it's like, I can't continue doing things like feeling this way. You know what I mean? To where, to where, to where it's healthy. So I'm, you know, I'm going to make, to make some changes and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, like for myself, but it's like, it's like everything that you're saying and everything that you're resonating with, you know, it goes back to, you know, the the old stupid joke that they said like oh nobody sane gets into the wrestling business and things yeah. like that you know what i mean but it's like it's like it just it 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 doesn't make sense and like with what you're saying with about big cast it's like yeah like like think about that think about being on tv in front of millions of people you know what i mean yeah. and like and and being in that position to to you know have it happen almost essentially nothing not saying he has it, nothing, but like, you know, you can, you can relate to it, to it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's so, um, I mean, 10 years ago, um, I had a job, I was working at a school, um, and I, like I would work 80 hour weeks and I was in an office by myself and it was a Friday night. It's at like 1130 ish at night. Um, and I'm half, you know, doing the work that was just there, half getting ready for a thing that I had to come back for on Saturday mm-hmm. at 7 a.m. for. Um, and I had a panic attack in my office it, at 11.30 at night with no one around. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, I'm having a heart attack. Like, what? what's wrong with me? And it was like, you know, maybe this isn't. Let me just take a moment. Let me just call. And it, it the calming down helped and going home and like getting in like four hours of sleep helped. But um, I, I had that in my And I remember how scary that was. And how pain, literally painful it was. I was like, and what's, what's wrong? Um, and you know, I left, I left that job and had a part-time job for a few months and, uh, didn't have a full-time job for about, I think about 10 months and it drove me crazy. And I remember at that time going, you know, why isn't wrestling kicking off this particular way? Because if I just made X amount of money, I would be happy. And then, um, 
you know, I got a full time job and then wrestling did pick up for a while. And I was making that X amount of money in wrestling that I kind of like had a targeted amount for. And I was like, but now I'm not happy with that. I need to have something else. And and it just like you you do keep pushing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've shared with you, I, I've had some crazy work situations lately. Yeah. And back in I can't remember if it was July or August, like I had a I had a breakdown in somebody's office. I couldn't form words. I was I was literally in tears. And I knew, though, I was expressing to this person about the current situation I was in with my office. I was bringing in the wrestling stuff and the family stuff and like everything else because it was all hitting at once. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And it took it's taken me. It really took me until like this month to go like. Wow, I worked through that. It took me six months, but I kind of worked through that finally. Phil, um, like, um, like this is something that I've always seen a pattern for myself with. So I want to ask you, mm-hmm. um, like, I when I would get fired from jobs in the past, and you know, not saying it happened a lot, I would say probably like five, six times, right? I would always go and and try to jump, jump right back into the ring. You know what I mean? Like I would always try to find a, myself and put myself in a situation where I was yeah. being put right back in with wrestling. You know what I mean? And uh, there's there's Kyle Brad that out of Long Island that like, like I think he, I think he only he knows that something's up with me at this point. Where <laughs> basically because I'll call him and be like, hey, "What show are you going to this weekend? I'm coming with you." Basically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Um. But like, do you? Do you kind of find yourself having that situation with wrestling at the same time where where you know if something in your nine to five regular everyday life is having an issue, you'll kind of like um you'll kind of use wrestling as a crutch to kind of get you back into the game? Well, that's where it gets weird because yes and no, because I'm at a point now in my in my wrestling life where that is in itself a full-time job to me outside of the full-time job I really have, you know and and, and my dad called me out and my dad is not like a touchy feely guy. Like he's not yeah. that guy. And neither is mine. The- he's dead. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, it's the only joke he left me with. All right. Let me, there you go. It. There you go. You have it. You take it all. Um, but about a little over a month and a half ago, let's say my dad's like, what are you doing? Like you, you're just, you never stop. You run in the door and the first thing you do is you get back on the computer and you start working on wrestling stuff. And sometimes even the work stuff that you had back at your office. Oh, by the way, my office is two hours away from where I live. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, and some some of the times I don't have a good answer for that. Um, and it's I feel like I lost your your question. But like, <laughs> do you use wrestling as a crutch oh. when you're having issues in your in your regular day to day? Well, that's where and that's where it gets weird for me because it is part of my regular day to day. Right. And and so it's like it's not a crutch. I will say like there are times I've worked on wrestling stuff when I look at the clock and it's like I have 30 minutes until this next meeting. I can't really get into a work project because it would take me longer. Let me hop on and see something about wrestling really quick. Like I'll do that sometimes. Um, and I freely admit that. But I'm also to be fair when I get home. Oh, let me play with the settings on my phone system in my office. Let me play with this. Let me work on this project while I'm having this train of thought. So I kind of, I will say I kind of balance that time a little bit too. Um, but as a crutch, totally. I'm saying I, I, I'm saying in terms of more of like tragedy in that sense, where like if something tragic were to happen, like for me, 
you know, I've, I've very have often relied on any sort of job that I've had. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, as, cause that's, you know, I put so much time into any sort of job that I've ever had that when that goes away, you know what I mean? Like I <laughs> really go, not, not so much like, Oh, I'm going to go do wrestling at this point. I'm yeah. saying like, I really will grab onto wrestling and stuff like that. Almost in like a, and, and I do too. And you know, I, I also have to kind of balance that. What is the self-destructive behavior, Phil? Um, <laughs> and well, I, w- I won't say who because it's their story to tell. But there was I was listening to an interview that somebody made and they talked about like and this is not a path I'm going down, but um, that they did. They lost their mother very unexpectedly and they were like, I'm doing death matches like they just wanted to feel physical pain because they in a different way because they weren't feeling emotional pain. Because they weren't dealing with it. Right. And I totally connected with that because when I was a young kid taking jujitsu, like, I'll be honest, I was at that point. I was like, I'm so fucking depressed. I have to, I have to feel something. Mm-hmm. And and it was and it was like, it's not going to come from emotions. It's going to come because I'm hurt. And I knew that as a as a young kid, which is scary. Um, I worked through it then. Um and, but, you know, so that re- resonates in my brain and because I'm not going to lie. And uh, I mean, for those of you who've seen the x-ray of my neck, you know that there's a metal plate and six screws yeah, there. Yeah, It's there. I, <laughs> um, and like, you know, I can return to near normal activity as I did before my surgery. But I'm like, how much do I really want to get that that very strong potential to re-injure my neck? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is precedent for like you. um uh, it's called discol- oh, I'm gonna mess up the name of it. It's like disc collapse disease, where you have the surgery, it repairs these two discs because they put it in a metal spacer. Well, it does put extra pressure on the disc above and below that isn't repaired, and so like then if you return to physical activity, like oh now you're putting on that stress on that much more, so like then you may need to get that repaired as well. Mm-hmm. And so like I kind of don't want to get in that cycle, but then there's part of me that's like I do miss the physical outlet that wrestling provided me. Um, and it's funny, and I did. I think I did tell you this. I I feel. Uh, I thought when I had my neck surgery, and I was like, okay, this is going to stop me from doing a lot of stuff. I'm going to recover. My whole body is going to recover because I'm not going to be banging myself up as much. My knees will feel better. My back will feel better. Like all these other things will feel better because I'm giving myself some rest. That didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, everything hurts. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I still see uh, a trigger point therapist to work out some of the ner- – I mean I have long-standing nerve damage in my arm, my back, and my leg, um, all stemming primarily from my neck. And it's like that that's just going to probably be with me for the rest of my life because it's its like at a point where it's like recovered to where it's going to go. And there are good days. There are bad days. Um, and I And it's better on the spectrum than it was before the surgery. I'll tell you that much. But so I have those moments where I'm like, do I want to wrestle again? Do I, I just want to have it like, you know, uh, just a thing just so I, I feel better. And I, like I will totally admit it's an I statement. It, it's an I want to do this because it will make me feel this way. It's not about a crowd member at all. And I'm like I in my brain, I also tell people like if you start making it so much about you and not about the people who are watching, like then you are losing something and then it really is about you. And that's not why people are paying. They're not come, coming to see you do something for yourself. They're coming to see you to be entertained. Um, and that means sometimes make a connection, <coughs> see a quality match. I know I wouldn't bring quality at this point in my, my life. Like I'm not in, in ring shape. 
you know, I, I know I have to modify the way I work. You know, there's a lot to right, it. Right, but, you know, there's definitely that aspect of it where you need, you know, it's it's a boost. It's a boost in yeah. your own self-esteem. Yeah. You know what I mean? And th- there's it's not that there's anything wrong with that, too, but I think that what you're saying is 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 right and i'm i'm looking at this as a as more grown than when i was you know wrestling because then i was saying no this is all about fucking me you know what i mean and and it didn't it wound up never being about me again but but it was more like um you're right in the sense of saying that that yes it's about the big picture it's about the show and that's that's probably why you know for myself I, you know, there's certain people that, that you talk to that hate doing like the popcorn spot or like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the curtain jerk and stuff like that. But for me, it was the best of both worlds because it really was like, Hey, follow that motherfucker. But then B, it also was you're starting the show. So whatever you do, somebody else has to beat that later. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, 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 you can have the ego, but then also carry the rest of the show. And especially as, you know, a guy that was at the time, 185 pounds. So you well, want to have that lightning fast match anyway. And, and to talk about that ego. Um, and it's so funny because again, things happen, you get a different kind of perspective. Um, and, and this is how this one perspective kind of happened for me was, uh, in one of my, and again, I don't want to out the person, but in one of my wrestling promotions, there was somebody who is is active on the events. They also do some work behind the scenes and they were like, hey, I want to pitch student shows and how we can make that a thing and put that out to help us generate content. But when he pitched it, he pitched it as a way for him as a character to get more ring time and to get more exposure. And it was yeah, really like you're a piece really, of shit. What you're doing. It, was, it was really a mechanism for him and then it, it took somebody saying, do you not realize that your character, though you're not, quote unquote, the star, you're in you've been in X amount of main events in the last six months, yeah. like in a multi-man tag or you're part of you're at ringside with the you might not be the guy in the ring that everyone's really paying attention to, but you're there. You're part of that main event. And I sat there and went like. Oh my God, like since my next surgery, I've, I've definitely been in more main events than I was before my next surgery. Yeah. Um, and, and it was like, wow, that's, that's a whole different perspective to start to play with. Yeah. Um, you know what, that, that also makes me think of, um, you know, that, that old piece of shit that's still actually wrestling today. Uh, Rockshaw, remember fucking Rockshaw 666? Oh, oh. Bro, do you know that before any of that stuff that we did later, the first time I met Rockshaw, he had a fed and guess the letters of course were XWA. Cause that's fucking original, right? Um, right. we're extreme. <laughs> we're extreme and there's a really good xwa in rhode island so i'm not knocking on them no no it's not them but there's also one in albany too a completely different company but this one was also in like more like poughkeepsie sort of area that rockshaw ran um but this is the kicker bro rockshaw if the show had eight matches on it rockshaw had six different characters on six different matches and but each one of the matches he would cut a promo in that character but he didn't change his accent at all because he's got that like his that little fucking brooklyn accent so it's kind of like it's like yo man i'm the ladies man but then he would also come back and be like the demon character being like yo man i'm the demon bro 
<laughs> and it was it's it's just that same shit that you're talking about with this other it, fucking guy. <laughs> it is so fun. So both both Timmy and I worked for a company called Pro Wrestling Syndicate. And and that's where I had my first like interactions with R- Mr. Rock. And I will always credit Phil for this for getting me booked there because to me that was always kind of my big break as you know as just an indie kid that you know just had a little bit of fun. But the first show that Phil fucking got me booked on, he he Phil had to back out. He couldn't even get it there that day. But like there was every every time I looked around, there was like twenty five fucking names on that show. Right. So it was crazy. And well. <laughs> Five, th- and, five thoughts are coming to my brain on that. And um, I got paid a lot of money on that show. Right. He paid me like like 125 bucks, and I was on the pre-show, Phil. He Fuck. liked you. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that was the highest I got paid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then it went down. Yeah. That, that then, also then was... when I once I had the, uh, why don't you go talk to Pat Buck about your pay conversation, then I was done. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... I, I think about that. that there's there was one event in particular where like Rockshaw gets choke slammed by Abyss on an on a stack of tables. Now the tables were not folded out like they were unfolded tables just stacked up. He takes a choke slam, pin one two three. It was a false count anywhere match. Rockshaw like gets up like nothing happens and walks to the back and it's like, what did you just do? And then he's cutting a promo and it's such a bad promo and it's not the accent. It, but I was thinking of the accent when you said it. It was just like a rambling, like, I don't know what I'm saying. Here's this promo. Oh, by the way, this thing happened the other day. Oh, by the way, there's a man on the moon. There's a Nazi base in Antarctica. Like, it was a weird, like, all over the place promo. And I remember Sammy Callahan was standing next to me, and he's like, I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> like, yeah. he runs in. This is a Connecticut carnage. Right. Oh, yeah. And he beats down Rockshaw. Sammy cuts, a, like, a really good promo. Rockshaw Again, no sells the beatdown, pops up and goes like, anyway, as I was saying. <laughs> it, no, it was, it was, he just said, so anyway. And yeah, then the yeah. fucking cameraman, <laughs> the cameraman popped and just started fucking laughing. It was the best. Oh, it was so, like, it was just so yeah. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But I mean, and hey, you know what? There's somebody with great ego strength. Maybe I need some of that ego strength. <laughs> no, that's not ego strength. That's just oblivious. That's <laughs> obli- okay, that's you know it. what I mean? It's just like he, a guy does that, that just doesn't fucking get it at all. I, I need a combination of both those things: ego strength and obliviousness. Yeah, yeah. It's called Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> um. So speaking of of obliviousness, we've tangented. For about 30 minutes. This 30 was months. the tangent that, you right. know what I mean? But this was a therapeutic tangent, so it was fun. It really, really was. Um, I so love Baron random- Corbin. Sorry, I, I, I just have the most random. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if you, if none of you will see this. I just got a random um, Snapchat of Orange Cassidy playing some kind of sharpshooter game uh, <laughs> in Philadelphia right now. Are you friends with him? Because I want to be friends with him. I yeah, uh, I will say we're friendly. We're not best friends. Um, which is unfortunate. And and but can we're we cool get with him on other. the show? I'll, I'll see what I can work out. Well, now I think because he is like he is, you know, he's kind of popular now. Yeah, um, yeah, we might have to go through AEW, but I'll see what I can I can figure out. Tell him I'll give him like fifty bucks. I will. I will ask him. Um, so anyway, I think, I think to go that back, that's, that's going to be the new angle for this year too. I was thinking about it. 
I'm trying to think about different ways that we can kind of market ourselves. I know this is off. Uh, we're transparent here on the Tim's of Risky show. Try, <laughs> I've been trying to think about different ways to do the marketing. The one thing that you, you and I have already been talking about, you know what I mean, with the calendar and all that stuff. Yeah. I did reach out to, you know, a dirt sheet that does like advertise for podcasts to see if, if there's a way to do it. The guy hasn't gotten back to me, but I'm trying to think about different ways instead of just doing the Facebook boosting because like there's not, it just, it just seems like that the ROI on that isn't the greatest. So I'm yeah. trying to think of other ways to kind of really get us out there. So that's Makes what sense. I, I want to do it in smarter ways instead of just throwing fucking money at the wall, which I was doing before. So, right. So, you know, we'll have this conversation later, but, but I, I, you know, this is the, this is where I want to go for, for 2020. I'm good with it. Yeah. It's um, fucking time. I, I want to get, I want to get fucking signed already. There you go. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we all realize too, like in the, in the world of professional wrestling, that might not happen. There's, there's so, there's only so many spots. Yeah. And, and look at all the people that were like, wow, these were some of the guys that were there on the indies that were already in those spots too. Like now they're there in those other spots and I'm still here. Like, But the um, difference though, you know, going back to what we touched on before is that with the, with the way the technology is, in, and you know, obviously we had a shitty, we always had the shitty starts to the shows, but then once we get into the shows, they're fine. However, you know, this is my basement of my house. <laughs> and everything all this stuff that i spent so it's like right. what else do we what else in new in new york and i'm in maryland exactly so you know we we clearly can make things happen you know what i mean right so speaking of making things happen let's talk about the wwe universal championship a strap match between bray wyatt and daniel bryan <laughs> uh, not as great of a segue as i've made up some others tonight but <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being strapped for cash. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your Tim Zabriskie shirt for $10. $10? Philly, <laughs> I'm getting drunk. That's the other I'm thing, get, too. It, I'm, like, not, I'm, I'm not really getting drunker, but I'm getting tired. Yeah, yeah. It's I've, I've been tired. I got like four hours of sleep last night, and it looks like yeah. I'm going to do that again today. Yeah. But... um. I don't think they're gonna put on Brian, so I'm gonna go just go with uh, with Bray here. Bray. I think that Bray's gonna lose it at WrestleMania to uh, whoever wins the next match, and you know the big Royal Rumble. But um, I, I'm going to agree with you. I do think they're not gonna move it quite yet. Um, even though this title run has been really lackluster, even though we all wanted it, <laughs> we all wanted Bray to have this longer kind of title reign, you know. Well, that's, I don't really think it has been lackluster. I think, I don't know, in, part, in one way I kind of like like what they have done. Um, but I agree. I feel like, I feel like to them, and this is, you know, total supposition, that, that Bray Wyatt was that guy that they always knew, we're going to be able to go to him in next year, in five years, and he could be that guy any moment that we want him. Um, yeah. There and, was a time, though, where they, they didn't have it. You know what I mean? Right. Where they definitely and, were, had kind of given up. And and there were things that they had done in the past that's like, this is great. And then they pulled the rug out from under him and under us. Um, you know, I, and I, I say this to this day. They really missed that opportunity when The Undertaker really started falling out of his prime. When here's Bray Wyatt standing in the middle of the ring over a fallen Kane and Undertaker. 
and he's calling down the lightning because he gained the supernatural powers of the Undertaker and Kane. And, yeah. you know, some people say that's hokey and, you know, that's not believable. At the same time, I'm like, to me, that could have been the greatest passing of the torch and could have just catapulted Bray Wyatt to a different kind of level. And then, like, a week later, they undid it. And it's like, you spent, yeah. like, you had to spend so much money on just literally for the pyro involved in that segment yeah. that that to take it away after, like, a week felt really weird. But he was it wasn't like he was being punished. He was still there. He was still... You know, and he's always been that guy like, OK, we need the guy to do this thing. And he's the guy that they go to. So to see him as the champion, I've enjoyed it. I like it. Um, but it, and it does beg like, OK, so then what happens? Um, I mean, I'm going to run down this list of who they've announced so far for the Rumble. But I think when you when I make my pick, I don't know if people are going to really be surprised or not. So we have Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Eric Rowan, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. Elias, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Otis, Tucker, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston, Big E, and R-Truth. Um, and, and Brock Lesnar is going in as number one. For what? What is the whole thing? Did they ever say, oh, what happens if he wins? It's he's the same gonna... thing. Then it's... He, uh, he made the comment that the reason he's not putting up his championship on... on the Royal Rumble is because there isn't anybody worthy enough for his to fight fight him for his championship. Right. And I'm like, I I feel a certain way about this. Again, it's the weird booking, like the way I don't like, you know, when a challenger faces a champion and beats the champion, but it's five non-title matches in a row. Like Rey Mysterio, when he his first run as champion, never won a match. <laughs> like he never ever won a match. Um, and I was like, this it just de decredits the champion, decredits the championship a little bit too. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, what are you doing? And even like, so what authority does Brock Lesnar have to say, like, I'm not, I'm not going to defend my championship. Like he can now just make that call. I mean, yes, in real life. But, but Paul, you know, that's Paul kind Heyman of like is a, pulling the storyline right. strings. But, and he's, that's kind of the blurring of the lines with that though, you know? Right. But it, it, it's just super goofy to me. Um, but uh, to me, it, it is telling the story. Yeah, Brock like, where the fuck is the Jack road. Tunney, all right? Can you fix <laughs> hey, all this? Hey. Uncle Tunney passed, and now I'm the president of wrestling. Uh -huh. All right, we'll fix this, Phil, because this is bullshit. All right. So I'm calling it now. Brock Lesnar wins the Rumble. Wow. Okay. Wow. I don't like it. I don't want it. I'm just saying, you know, that it's either going to it's gonna come down to either Brock Lesnar wins or it's whoever is last left with Brock Lesnar. I don't know why, Phil. I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest with you here. All right, I'm gonna. There's only there's only one name since we started this podcast that I really think is gonna win the Royal Rumble, and and um, you know we never hit the drum roll, so I'm gonna hit the drum roll for from who my pick is because you know once again this is the Tim Zabriskie show, right? And, <laughs> and I, it's so fun watching you being able to watch you now when you're not actually on camera. Because now I, I can actually see what your real reactions are to to the bullshit that I say. Because it kind of makes it more fun. I'm going to go with The Undertaker. Wow. 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 I'm going to go with The Undertaker. I don't know why. This has stuck with me since we started doing the show. He just kept popping in my head as he's going to be the guy that wins the Rumble here. 
And the the reason being is kind of so, sort of stuff that you started touching on before. It's it's the only person that I really feel makes sense. And he did just resign last year after that whole thing with him going to do the podcast and everything like that. He did recently mm-hmm. just do the podcast. There was a lot of positive feedback coming from that podcast that he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the network. And it just makes sense to me that he wins the Rumble. He has this sweet-ass match with Bray Wyatt, you know, the demon or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days. Right. He goes over, you know what I mean? He he holds the belt until Saudi Arabia or whatever the hell, then you know, comes after, like, the next really big show. They're all great, big, huge shows, Phil. We get it. But then he loses it. And maybe, maybe this is the real last ride that we're getting here in 2020. What else do we need? You know what I mean? Right. One more match. We get one more match out of him. Um, wins the championship. <laughs> then, actually, two more matches. The second match, he really passes the torch, rides off into the sunset. I, f- I really feel it. I feel like this is, this is the way it's really going to happen. Thoughts, okay. Phil. Thoughts on my pick? I mean, it would be interesting also that in the last the last two could be Brock Lesnar and Undertaker. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. We've seen this before. And what happened at WrestleMania? I love like, it. You know, there's a whole story that. So there is some some of that makes sense. Um, you know, I think there's also a huge argument to be made for Seth Rollins. Um, I think Roman Reigns, too, also has. I, I really felt in one respect that they were building to a Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar Again at WrestleMania, almost mm-hmm. in a way to retell the mm-hmm. story in a way that wouldn't be as crapped on as it was the previous time right. they tried to do it. That quote Seth Rollins had to save the day. Um, I will call I'll call it now. I will give a, a full point bet today and not just a fu- full point bet for this event. Like I will give a full point for the bet year our, for the year. <laughs> then what are we getting? If um, they have. <laughs> Somehow they do a money in the bank match during WrestleMania because that then tells you like, oh, we have to do something today to fix whatever main event we're going to do, <laughs> um, which could work out well if the Undertaker goes over on Bray Wyatt. Right, right. It could. So I'm going to throw out there for for the Royal Rumble. So I'm picking Brock Lesnar. You're picking Undertaker. But the thing a lot of people like to see is the surprise guest appearance inside the Rumbles. Tim, if you had to pick your top two people that you think we might see, who do you pick? I love it when you and I are on the same page, especially with shit like this, because it it just makes it so good. Because I was going to say, for half point, who do you think is going to be a surprise? But if we're going to do two, I like it. Um, Number one for me is Hulk. I have a I have a feeling that Hulk is gonna be fucking he's gonna be in it this year. There's bam, <laughs> like bam, 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 bam. And I and I and I will be fucking extremely happy. All right, and so, so why don't they, we do it why don't we do it like this, Phil? All right. Mm-hmm. M- write this down the way that I that I say it. That way that way it's good to go. Half point just for the card itself, but we'll do we will do half point for each of the two people that we pick. Okay. So so if if Hulk comes in and then if the next person that I pick that I haven't thought of yet comes in, um, um, then then I get a half point for each. 
It'd be a full um, And this is probably cheating because it's been it has kind of been in the ether, but not directly talked about. I'm picking Edge. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, Hulk has kind of been like talked about a little bit too. Yeah. So I think that you taking Edge is totally fine. I I'll be honest. I legit almost said that Hulk Hogan's gonna win the men's rumble. Um, <laughs> for um, really for the same exact reasons you talked about the Undertaker. Like yeah, get him in there. He gets that moment to shine. If he wins it, like wow, imagine the friggin' buzz. Imagine the talk. Imagine him going to Saudi Arabia and and with that championship, like the way that would impact the wrestling community. Now, you know, of course, there's some negative negativity involved with Hulk Hogan's name. At the same time, as as a longstanding wrestling fan, not so much anymore. That, I, I think that that's really died down. It, I mean, it has, but at the same time, like you know that that happened, and you know that you know the way things happen at the same time, you hear that iconic music and you as a wrestling fan, you remembering your childhood going like, do, do, do. Yeah. You, you start rocking out to it. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, uh, guest appearance edge. You're saying Hulk Hogan. Who My, I'll, second- I'll take the, I'll take the next one. Okay. It's not going to happen, but if it does, like, I think it'd be fucking sweet. I'm going to go with the Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, that would be awesome. How awesome would that be, right? And I feel that since he was in NXT, I know that he just retired and stuff like that, but this would be a really fantastic hurrah to the American audience and everything like that. So, you know, it may not happen. I may have just wasted half a point here, but I'm going to go with it. You know what I mean? Because crazier things have happened in the world of wrestling. Am I right? I agree. You know? um, I mean, I totally agree. And, and, and as I even as I'm thinking of some people, I'm like, I think that's right there in the surface. Like if I'm, these are not my picks, but if I said like Trish Stratus, I don't think anybody would be shocked. I think, you know, it get that, that of course we'd get a pop and I don't think it would be a shock if if I said Ronda Rousey, who we've talked about before, like that's not going to be a shocker at all. Right. Um, right. Because that's so my fucking to, pick. So just back <laughs> off. <laughs> so I'm trying to think, like, who would be that person that you're like, you know, is buzzworthy? That would get attention. Um, Can I tell you who who my my third pick would be? Okay, if, go if for maybe it. that'll influence you. I was thinking maybe Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. I might wage a half point that Scott Hall will be nowhere near there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, I might wage a half point to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Cause like I feel bad for I feel bad for kind of saying this because um I mean for those of you who follow my own random pocket universe of wrestling um I've I've done work with Killer Cross I love Killer Cross I do think I do not know so when I say this like I know he's going to be signed by somebody like he's he's just gonna friggin' go um and you know people are talking about like oh he'll be a tease in the Rumble I, I hate to say I don't think he's from the WWE perspective, that mainstream crowd perspective, I don't think enough of them know who he is to kind of get that big pop reaction. Um, so I don't think he's going to make a guest appearance in the Rumble. I, I just, I just who, don't Scott think that's... Hall or Killer Cross? Killer Cross. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I would love it. Like, I would personally, like, have, like, I would personally be like, yes, like, he deserves to be there kind now, of moment. Keith Lee has been um, announced, right? No, so far because remember what I said before—they were saying that yeah. nobody from NXT. But they're they're definitely going to be in it. There's no way that they're not. You know. Right. 
I mean, like, I look at guys like, uh, I know, I know we're trying to wrap it up and I'm sorry, but it's, no, you're fine. you know, like, uh, um, like the undisputed era, those guys are, that's five spots. And they're easily going right. to fill up, you know, I, I was, I was struggling with it, but you know what? Um, I'm going to say Nia Jax. In the men's Because <laughs> there has been talk that WWE wants to explore more intergender wrestling. She did go in the Rumble last year. Um, the thing I hated the most last year, not that she went in it, was that they did that same exact spot in the women's Rumble that they did in the men's Rumble. That right. some yeah. Number 30 gets hurt. There's a new number 30. Um, and, and caused by number 30, I think. And we um, haven't seen her since, really. Right, and that's why I, f- I feel like that could be an interesting spot. Um, so I'm going to say in the men's rumble, Nia Jax. Hmm. Interesting. That's my number two. I don't know if I really have a number three. Um, you know what? Just because I did so much, I'm going to say Killer Cross. He's not going to be there. I know he's not going to be <laughs> That'll there. That'll be your number three? That'll be my number three. Number it's three doesn't be- count, but, um, right. you know. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. If, if anybody still is around, probably not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, Phil. But, Phil, you and I had a fantastic conversation, and that's all that really matters. I uh, really did. If you made it all the way to the end, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Um, you know, just like the page. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Phil, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, your, your Twitter handle? You can follow me on all of my social media now at P.S. Phenom. That's P-S-P-H-E-N-O-M on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all there. P.S. Phenom. Yeah, it's right underneath his name right there. So, Phil, point down. All right. Bam. There it is. Um, And, uh, yeah, you know. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us or listening to us on all the different podcast networks. Phil, where are we at on podcast? We are on Stitchel, Stitchel, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can ask Alexa or Google Home. How can they find us? Um, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store. We are everywhere. The Tim Zabriskie Show. That's it. All right. And uh, thank you all for hanging out. And um, if I don't see you, catch me outside. How about that? It is so bad when you finally know just how low, 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 low,